0: This is Idaho Sports Talk with Prater in the Ball game on Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. What's going on, and
1: welcome to what we hope is your favorite Sports Talk radio program. Idaho Sports Talk, we're Prater in the Ball game right here on Sports Radio The Ticket. Got a good one for you today. I'm Johnny Ballgame. I got JP operating our RopePaint.com studio and my partner on a Wednesday. Here we go, Prater, February 16th. A lot on the schedule. Some non-traditional stuff. Olympics still going on. Kind of an interesting middle of the week, but a lot to look forward to, including tonight at what? 8 p.m. as Boise State's in Colorado
2: Springs to take on Air Force on the hardwood. What's up, dude? Big basketball game tonight. New Boise State football schedule, or at least an updated Boise State football schedule. We're going to go a little racing, a little NASCAR style, because I know you love the ponies on, on engines. The ponies. The ponies with an engine. I just kind of threw that out there to make sure you are Horsepower. Horsepower. Okay. Horsepower, baby. All right. Horsepower. I know you love the track. This one's a little bit different, but uh, Daytona 500 defending champ's going to join us here in a little bit, and we're also going to talk Little uh little Hank Bachmeyer today. We like Hank Bachmeyer talk, don't we?
1: I love talking quarterbacks. You know yeah. that, man. Yeah. I mean that's one of my favorite topics, and we have our college football hour because yes, it's Wednesday, so we will give you a complete and total breakdown of the Mountain West schedule release, of course, Boise State schedule and what we think and our takeaways from the schedule. Bob Beeler joins us live from campus at the Air Force Academy. Prater this hour for Bronco Focus he'll talk a little about the schedule and a lot about the game tonight and uh, yeah that old Hank Bachmeyer. I mean I want to know where Boise State fans confidence level it will be with Hank coming back it's fun we can talk football today because the schedule got released he'll be year four as a starter so uh, I think a lot on the table there a lot to talk about with this stuff man
2: yeah, I'm looking forward to diving into this schedule. I think there's some good to it. There's some uh, some bad to it. Uh, there's a lot of opinions we can throw around out there, but um, bottom line is, you know, fans know that Right now, what kind of schedule there is. They also know that a couple of these games are going to move. There'll be some Saturday games moved to a Friday. There'll be some Saturday games moved to a Thursday. We'll get some TV times and some kickoff times. But uh, so far, we got ourselves some information. And uh, one day closer to the college football season, my friend. So you're saying, hey,
1: don't go and book all your weekend expenditures and travel plans for Corvallis on what would be what? Labor Day weekend. Because folks who did that this time last year, Prater, to Orlando – for the UCF game uh yeah had to go ahead and change some of those plans didn't they
2: that's going to be the one game that I think is going to move I don't expect that game to be played on a Saturday and I'm just it's just a hunch there's no there's no feelings there whatsoever but uh that screams to me a Thursday night or a Friday night game of opening weekend
1: in Corvallis okay so yeah we'll get to that schedule here in a second but you know back up a little bit Michael McDowell he won the Daytona 500 Last year Prater was he 100 to 1 yes, to win it last year yes, one sir. of the great underdog finishes or, or winners of the history of uh, what is it the uh, America's greatest race no what do they call it the um the the, the great, great american, american race. race yes and uh I can't wait to talk to him and we talked to him a little earlier Prater and uh we're going to play that interview but that was fun I mean Daytona 500 champion to me, even though again, I'm not a big gear geek NASCAR follower, but I'll talk to a Daytona 500 champion any stinking day of the week,
2: especially the defending champion. Yeah. So uh, he's back to defend it. He, he opened up uh, practice sessions yesterday at Daytona in Florida with the fastest practice times. Today was media day there's a little qualifying tonight a lot of qualifying tomorrow the races on Sunday but uh, I-, I couldn't get you Dale Earnhardt junior or senior I, <laughs> I couldn't get you Joe Gibb. I, I know you'd like to talk a little football and a little racing with the legendary man himself I couldn't yeah. get you Denny Hamlin or or any of these you know any of these other big time names I know you you, you you idolized these guys like you yeah. couldn't believe it. Okay, yeah. You, sorry, you got stuck with Michael McDowell, the defending champion. No, son, man, I
1: know, Prater. We did not come through in the clutch for that one. And all you NASCAR fans who listen to this show, and every time you'll say, hey, you guys need to do more NASCAR, well, this one is for you today. So I certainly don't want to hear you folks out there complaining.
2: Who won the Daytona 500 in 1964? The
1: King? nice richard petty
2: richard petty yeah
1: i know my brother you're not gonna bust me (laughs) on daytona's you say any year i could tell you the daytona 500 champ well that's not true it's it's the only name you
2: knew let's just
1: move on (laughs) from this sucker hey quick uh, quick quick reminder we want you to be a part of this show we always love your feedback it's the one number 208 424-9300, 424-9300, Fat Guys Fresh Deli hotline if you want to call, Cloverdale Plumbing text line just to say what up and give us a text, and you can let us know about our lineup. Let us know what you think. Are you going to watch the Daytona 500? Why or why not? I'd like some feedback on that. But, Prater, let's start with, again, this is, uh, you could. I mean, if this is any type of sports town, it's probably a football town, and the schedule released today. We you, Like you said yesterday, we knew who the opponents would be. We just didn't know when they would be on the schedule. They're now on the schedule. We've tweeted it out. It's all over the place. But just, I guess, I start you off. What's your first kind of thought process
2: about this schedule? What pops in your head? Depression because there's no Michigan State on this schedule. This is the day that we were supposed to get official Ouch. Michigan State information, and uh, that's what I wanted. Uh, this town, I think, exists, and Liz for big-time non-conference football games. That's the big event of the year every single year, and it doesn't exist. And and I've said from day one that since January 2nd, the day that Jeremiah Dickey was hired, I think he's been fantastic as Boise State's new athletic director, and I think he's hit home run after home run after home run, and he's doing all the right things for Boise State athletics. But I think he made a mistake in getting rid of the Michigan State game. I know he had to do it for finances. I I don't buy it yet. I, I just don't see it and i wish michigan state was on the schedule today we would have buzz if michigan state was on this football schedule this my friends is a football schedule outside of the football schedule itself this is a football schedule without buzz there's nothing sexy about this in terms of the non conference part of it the home games there's a couple things to like it is a boise state football schedule but i've seen better
1: you guys let us know on the i want to hear i want to hear text messages you guys agree with prater on that that You take Michigan State off this schedule, and it just loses a lot of that buzz because, to be honest, I had forgot that Michigan State was even supposed to be on this schedule, Prater. You reminded me just there, and sure, if you add Michigan State and Oregon State and BYU as three non-con opponents, that's big time, right? I mean, those are three Power Five and whatever BYU is opponents on this schedule. That that would be a big-time game, no question, um, what sticks out to me, you know, three of the first four games, I mean, you get one September home game here in Boise on the blue and it's against UT Martin from the FCS. You know, it's going to take fans some time to get into this season. Now, those two October home games, San Diego state, Fresno state on the back to back there. I think there's some sizzle there, but, uh, it's going to take a while I think to get there and hopefully Boise state is four and zero. if not at least three and one. With San Diego State coming to the blue on October 1st.
2: Very possible. Very possible. Yeah, I, I don't. I saw a lot of people talking about how Boise State should go through the non-con schedule 4-0. No. I, I'm not buying that at oh. all. Uh, New Mexico, no problem. UT Martin, no problem. UTEP, no problem. Uh, Oregon State, to me, is a 50-50 game. I think they got their quarterback back. I think they got a lot of their defense back. I know they lost their last two games of last season, including getting smoked by Utah State, I think in the bowl game, if I remember off the top of my head. So they didn't finish the way they started last year, but I expect Jonathan Smith and Oregon State to be pretty dang pesky. That is not an automatic win. Yeah. That's 50-50 at agree, best. Agree, agree. And then those back-to-back games, like you said, uh, those those are always nice. And then a bye week before Air Force, that's pretty good. But, yeah, that UT Martin game, that's what jumps out at me and screams at me. That's where Michigan State should be.
1: That's where Michigan State would have been on there. What do you think of the the, the Mountain West opponent week two? Um, sometimes that's fun to get those conference games, at least one of them, out of the way earlier. And if the Boise State's lucky enough to get that 1-0 and in conference play week two, I don't mind that because basically to do that, that means BYU's later. And you look at BYU, I looked at the history. This will be the third time in the BYU-Boise State Series, Prater, that they've played November or later. Um, do you like BYU beginning, middle, or later in the schedule?
2: Um, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, uh-huh. I, th- I think most of those games have been in October for the most part, haven't they? I think so, yeah. Maybe yeah. a couple of September. Yeah, yeah it, that, that's fine. I got, it's what, we b- b- between a Colorado State uh, home game and a Nevada road game? Mm-hmm.
1: B- BYU November 5th.
2: As long as BYU's on the schedule, and this will be the last time Boise State is on the schedule unless things change down the road. So that's another depressing part of this schedule. BYU is going away, but yeah, I I don't care where it is.
1: That's going to be a fun game too on November 5th. Certainly if Boise State's rolling and they got, you know, maybe none or one loss coming into that point, you step out of conference, you get a BYU team, who knows at that time, they might be ranked, they might be playing well. So that could be a monster game there on November 5th. And quickly you just figure you finish Prater Thanksgiving weekend at home against Utah State. Um, we'll see what they have at the table this year. Utah State, they got that quarterback transfer from Wyoming. Uh, Levi Williams, I believe is his name. For
2: the first time in many years, Boise State will finish a season at home. That's pretty good. I like the Utah State schedule at home. Uh, I wish Boise State could have a, a regular opponent at the end of the season um, I'd even pick Utah State I think that's a good way to end the regular season mm-hmm. So I yeah. suspect that'll be another one of those games that get, gets moved maybe to that Friday but uh, we'll see Utah State at home to finish the season, I like it What
1: are your thoughts on the Boise State 2022 football schedule? Text the Cloverdale Plumbing text line and let us know and a quick reminder, Friday morning 9am KTIK.com, another sweet deal we got La Peep in Meridian breakfast, brunch, and lunch you give us 25 we give you 50 bucks back at LaPeep at KTIK.com at 9 a.m. Coming up next, the 2021 Daytona 500 champion, Michael McDowell, right here with Prater in the ballgame.
0: Put your Amazon listening device to good use. Enable the sports radio, the ticket skill. Then listen to all your favorite shows by saying, Alexa, open sports radio, the ticket voicey. Plus, stream us on our app or at KTIK.com. Welcome
1: back, Idaho Sports Talk. Prater in the ball game, and this is one of those. This is why you listen to Idaho Sports Talk moments. Let's hit up our Fat Guys Fresh Deli hotline and welcome in the 2021 Daytona 500 champion, the 34 car Ford Mustang Front Row Motorsports, Michael McDowell. Thanks for hanging out with us today.
3: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on.
1: You know, I guess that the first question you've probably got a million times, but winning the Daytona 500 last year. Like how has that changed your life? Like on and off the track?
3: Yeah. You know, there's definitely things that have changed and, you know, those things being like notoriety and exposure and opportunities for our partners and all those things, sponsorship, all that's gotten better and it's been awesome. But in like the areas that matter, really life hasn't changed that much. Um, you know it's uh it's neat and it's awesome that I got to experience it and you know live out a a dream come true um and I'm thankful for it it's been been an amazing journey uh,
1: you know I saw you had the fastest time in the practice session, and obviously you win it once, maybe you have that thirst or appetite to to get another one of these. What's it going to take for Michael McDowell in the thirty four car uh to make this a back to back and win the day to, day twenty five hundred again?
3: You know I think it's just about having the same mentality and approach that we had last year and and that's you know to work hard and be aggressive to get ourselves in position and then just maximizing you know the opportunity when you get there i mean you know daytona's a a fun race track really challenging, hard to get to the very end of these races. they get wild and crazy um and so just doing what we've done in the past to to get us you know to the end and have a fighting chance and um, really the mentality stays the same you know each, just because we want it doesn't change the desire to win again uh, and if anything it's increased it just knowing how much it's done for our race team and you know for our partners and you know making the playoffs and all the things that come with it so we're really motivated to uh to go back to back here and um you know but there's a race and there's a lot of other people out there they're going to try to uh, win their race as well so it's going to be a fight
2: we're talking Daytona 500 with 2021 champion Michael McDowell Straight from Daytona 500, the race is Sunday on Fox, qualifying tonight, qualifying on Thursday night. Michael, you were the 100-to-1 underdog last year. I also noticed, looking through your bio stuff, that you're from Glendale, Arizona, where a former Boise State football team won a Fiesta Bowl in Glendale in that stadium as the ultimate, ultimate underdog. Do you consider yourself, was that an ultimate underdog performance last year? And do you consider yourself different
3: now? Um, you know, yeah, It's I think that I don't know. I don't think we were the underdog coming here. I mean, I know that people say that, but if you just look at our stats the last five years here, I think I have as many, if not the most top fives and top tens out of any of the regular drivers. So, you know, even though we hadn't won races, we've been in, you know, that top five coming to the white flag a lot here at Daytona in the last, you know, five or six years. So I don't feel like an underdog, but I definitely see why uh, people consider it that way. Um, yeah, so, you know, I I never really thought too much about that. I just kind of come here and try to do my job and, and try to get the victory lane and, you know, not worry too much about, you know, the peripheral stuff, but – Um, it's fun to surprise people and shock them for sure (laughs) we
2: we definitely like that part of sports you know last year watching that race again watching some of the highlights of that finish and looking at your career you've talked about the 358 previous starts where you didn't have a win you've talked openly about sleeping in rental cars paying your dues doing your stuff that you have to do and and last year you were so patient in that race you guys are in a fast aggressive sport but patience seems like it's a big, big virtue. And you kind of pulled that off last year. Do you consider yourself a patient
3: athlete? You know, I think that for me, I'm not super patient in general, but, I, you know, I do have a strategy here. And, and you know, it's it's just worked out for me the last few years is I'm really aggressive to try to get to the front and then get in that top five. The top, yeah, top five is really where I want to be. Um and then once I get in that top five and I feel like I'm in a good spot, I sort of back it down a little bit and wait till the end. Um, if I'm running 15th and there's 25 to go, I'm going to be super aggressive and not patient at all. But if I'm in that top five or I can see that top five, you know, I'm going to wait until it counts, um, just knowing how these races unfold and how they typically play out. So there's definitely strategy. There's a myth to all the madness for sure, and everybody does it a little bit different. Um, but you know, I think just having a plan, executing your plan and, and, you know, knowing your approach is really important.
1: Love talking to the 2021 Daytona 500 champion, the 34 car, Michael McDowell joining us here on Prater in the ball game for someone like me, Michael, who's not a diehard NASCAR fan, but certainly knows about the Daytona 500 and how big it is. You having been in this race, having won this race what makes the Daytona 500 so special? What makes it the great American race?
3: I think just the history, the, you know, prestiginess of the event, the, you know, the guys that have won here, the guys that haven't won here too. You know, this is one of those elusive races where, um, you know, the best of the best have, you know, sometimes failed to get to victory lane here. And so, um, it's definitely, you know, for us, this is our biggest race. It's, the place where you want to win and i think the history of our sport in nascar um the prestigiousness of what the daytona 500 means and you know i think more than anything is just the exclusive um club of daytona 500 winners that there is
2: last year limited audience uh, not only for the daytona 500 but for a lot of different sporting events full crowd expected this weekend you know, feeding off that energy, being at the Daytona 500, which is one of my bucket lists, camping inside, getting after it, and being there for the whole week and experiencing the whole week, what's it going to be like for you to have those fans back in that stadium and and just have that place just jumping with all kinds of excitement? The fans are still an important part of what you guys do every single day, especially you guys. I mean, you guys are greeting fans every single day, all day long.
3: Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it's been, you know, even – even just Monday and Tuesday here just been fun to have fans and interacting and signing autographs and kind of feeling like we're back to somewhat of a normal and that's that's been cool um you know there's it's been a couple years since we've had that interaction and that engagement and uh you know it's amazing we got a sold out crowd here for Sunday and camping sold out and the infield sold out it's going to be a big event and looking forward to having it have that feel again of just you know the significance and the magnitude of of you know the daytona 500
1: michael mcdowell you know now you're known obviously for being a daytona 500 champion but before that you were kind of known as the guy who got in that crazy crash at texas motor speedway in 2008 and I've been in a, a car accident, nothing nothing like what I saw you go through, but I know how you lose your stomach in the sheer force of being hit by another vehicle or crashing your vehicle into an obstacle, and, I, and I've kind of been through there. What was it like? What was going through your head? I mean, your accident lasted several seconds, and you, your car spun, what, 15, 20 times. What's going through a guy's head when all that is happening?
3: uh don't die (laughs) right (laughs) yeah you know just it's just a wild you know it's wild crash it's one of those things that you know even to me it's still spectacular to watch it you know 14 years later it's just um one of those crashes that um well you always see replays of it's always going to make the highlight reel um and yeah they're just you know there's just so much safety in our sport and how safe our cars are and and, and they've gotten better and better and better, and so, you know, it's, yeah, it's a testament to a lot of hard work, and, you know, a lot of, you know, smart people working through how to make our cars safe and make them safer, and, um, yeah, it's, it's not what you wanted to get known for, but it happened, and, um, you know, everything's a part of the, your story, and the trials, and the journey, and uh, I'm thankful that that's not the only highlight reel now uh, for my career. <laughs> uh, it's nice, nice to add the Daytona 500 to it, and um, you know, hopefully this year we'll be able to add more wins and, and run up front and challenge for wins more consistently with this next gen car.
2: We're talking to Michael McDowell, defending champion of the Daytona 500. Daytona 500 this year is on Sunday afternoon on Fox TV. You can check that out. Michael McDowell, this is the most honest question I could ever possibly ask. We spend most of our time chasing down Boise State football players, and it takes <laughs> it takes 24, 48 hours, sometimes a week notice. Dude, I made a call yesterday to your publicist. I, I watched racing enough to know that you guys are going to be interviewed on Sunday 10 minutes before you drive, and like you said, you could go off and die, but you're still doing interviews. What is it about NASCAR? What is it about NASCAR drivers that makes it so media-friendly, so accessible, So much appreciative of what you guys do and how you connect to the fans. Why is it different for you guys?
3: Well, um, that's a great question that I haven't thought a lot about, you know, compared to other sports. I think that, you know, our fans have more access um, to the drivers and to the teams for sure. Um, It's more of an interactive sport. But also, if you think about, like, you know, other than the other stick and ball sports, you know, you have that team element and you have. I don't even know how many players are on an NFL team. What is it, 60, something like that? So you got one team and a bunch of stars, right? And where in our sport, it's the drivers are the stars. And so I feel like each individual team and each individual driver has fans and has sponsors and has branding that's different than the guy next to them. Um, And so I think that interaction comes with more of that that individualized fan fan base you know they're rooting for you they're not rooting for you know 60 of the guys out there right and so it's a little bit different and um and then too i think it's just how our sport's always been you know you you just take that short track you know grassroots mentality of running at your local short track everybody's hanging out after the race and talking and, and bench racing and signing autographs i mean that's what our sport was built on and so Um, I think it's just the precedence was set really early on as far as being, you know, fan accessible and engaging. Um, And I think just the layout of our weekends and the layout of our format allows for it probably more so than, you know, uh, stick and ball sports. So I think it's just different in general. Michael McDowell, you've been racing
2: since you were a little kid. You've been all over this world racing different kinds of series, different kinds of cars, everything from go-karts to these NASCAR rocket ships. There's a couple of NASCAR sanctioned tracks in Idaho, a couple of oval tracks. Have you uh, ever raced in Idaho?
3: Idaho. I don't think I've ever been in Idaho. Um, so it's going to be uh, one of those states that I haven't been to yet. But, um, huh. yeah, there's only three or four that i got to mark off the list. So it's coming soon.
2: But I bet you've never done sports talk radio in Idaho before. This has got to be a first, and this has got to be a career highlight for you.
3: It is a career highlight, you know, and I've done a lot of media today, too, so it's, uh, you got to the bar high.
2: What What's the worst question you've been asked today, and please don't tell me it was one of mine.
3: Uh, you know, I didn't have any bad questions today. I mean, that's one thing that's fun with being the Daytona 500 champion is, like, that's what people want to talk about. So it's always pretty easy. Um, today was pretty easy. And, um, yeah, where in years past you get questions like, yeah, when you're gonna win and uh, <laughs> all those other questions that come with it
2: <laughs> the, the last question i wanted to ask you before we let you get back to uh to your day but when you go to bed on saturday night do you sleep well because you got to get up on sunday morning and go to work and it's a lot different than us going to work and talking on the radio you, you got a lot of consequences how well do you sleep before a big race
3: yeah so you know the nerves and pressure are there for sure but when it comes to sleeping it doesn't matter. The world can be crashing down around me, and I'm still going to get eight hours of sleep with no problem. So, oh, wow, wow! Um, but at the same time, when I when I wake up and when I'm going to bed, I mean, I feel that pressure. You know, it's it's a big race and it's a big deal to us, and there's a lot on the line, and um, it's super important. But when it comes to sleep, and I got that down.
1: I love this guy. I'm rooting for you. I'm uh, I know, 50 to 1. You don't get those odds a lot on a defending champion for this race. I'm all over it. Michael McDowell, the 2021 Daytona 500 champion with the Great American Race coming on Sunday. Hey, man, thanks for this time. Thanks for coming to Boise, Idaho. Michael McDowell we will be rooting for you.
3: All right. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys.
1: Hey, Prater, I just during that interview, I went and put five bucks on Michael McDowell to win the Daytona five hundred this weekend. Two hundred and twenty five smackaroos coming my way if he hits that. And cool guy.
2: Yeah, I had fun with that. That was that was cool and it's just cool that NASCAR and, and motorsports in general do do those kinds of things. I wasn't joking. I mean, yeah, yeah. We, we get cut off Boise State football players on Thursday. They need 48 hours <laughs> of media-free time before they can play a football game on Saturday. Yeah. yeah, they'll literally be interviewing these guys in their rocket ships on Sunday morning 10 minutes before they drive off to to potentially die. So uh, I've always kind of joked around with that when it comes to motorsports. I love that part about motorsports. It's pretty cool. The last one, that did, it's happened twice in the last 25. So years. Sterling Marlin back to back in ninety four ninety five. And Denny Hamlin racing for your boy Joe Gibbs in nineteen and twenty. So uh it's happened recently. You could uh, you could be pulling off a big, big big paycheck on Sunday morning. I'm certainly
1: rooting for Michael McDowell. Good stuff. We'll give you that interview again in our number three today. But Prater, Boise State basketball. Uh some say historic recruit that they gotta commit from. JP has the details. Big time commit to Boise State basketball. Coming up next on Idaho Sports, Stock Prater in the Ball Game,
0: The Treasure Valley's original all sports station. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The ticket. All right. Sports Radio 953 FM and 1350 AM, the ticket.
4: From the RowPaint.com studio, and we have Bob Beeler, Bronco Focus, coming up in just a matter of minutes to talk with him uh, more about tonight's Boise State Air Force game. But in the meantime, Boise State Basketball has reportedly picked up a verbal commitment from a 6'9 power forward, Sodrock Inganga, from Compass Prep in Chandler, Arizona. Now, according to Joe Tipton, who tweeted this out. He's uh, from three sp- On3Sports, that's a recruiting site. Has about 30,000 followers on Twitter. But uh, Ngonga was once a, a top 15 prospect before injuries in the latter part of his high school career hurt his production. This according to a Joe Tipton. And according to 247 Sports, at one point, he had offers from Arizona, Auburn, Kansas, Oklahoma, and a lot of others. So uh, some news coming in about Leon picking up a big
2: guy. Injury-wise, though, what's the deal there? You follow this a little bit closer than I have, ballgame. game.
1: I didn't know specifics, whether it was like a tear or a strain. In but, a, in
2: his knee or yeah, what? Yeah,
1: but I, I thought it was a knee injury. But don't quote me on that, Prater. Um, obviously, a lot of these schools, I looked at his 24-7 profile, a lot of these schools were on him a lot higher before the injuries. And I, mm-hmm. I think it was plural, too. I think he's just battled injuries. So... Like, I, I don't want to come on here and say that John Calipari dropped an F-bomb and punched a hole in the wall of his office because this kid chose Boise State over Kentucky. Right? Mm, right. But for those schools to even be looking at this kid, I think is a tremendous get for Boise State if, in fact, he signs Chandler. That's right outside of Phoenix. They got good ball players there, Prater, that area, and... uh Arizona Wildcats apparently offered him. I mean, that's his school right there. The Arizona Wildcats, I'm sorry, Arizona State Sun Devils were probably on him too. So Was that
2: before or after the injury? Yeah,
1: I, that that I couldn't tell you. That's that's the thing. I think there's a caveat with this, and this Prater saying, right. it's definitely the injury. But nonetheless, I still think it's a good get. They still have him, even post-injury, in the top 100 of most recruiting lists. And I think for 247, I think he's ranked like 115th. So he's just outside... Oh. The top 100 they're getting essentially according to the rankings one of the top 100 high school kids in the country i guess yeah
4: as we mentioned uh boise state taking on air force tonight but last night some uh some big damage done in the mountain west as new mexico beat wyoming 75 66 To kind of throw a wrench in the uh, top of the standings, there. San Diego State beat Utah State last night. Nevada edged San Jose State. There's one other game tonight uh, besides Boise State Air Force. That's UNLV at Fresno State. And uh, last night, also the Boise State women. Man, they're having a tough year. Fell to four and ten in conference after a loss to Air Force. Mountain West. uh, Well, we'll get to that at four o'clock. Talk more about the Mountain West football schedule. But the Idaho Steel, as they do play three games in two different states between tonight and Monday. They start tonight, a, th- a one-off game in Wichita, Kansas, and then they head to Kansas City for two games on Friday and Monday afternoon. Steelheads got the weekend free in Kansas City. <laughs> How about that? Steelheads right now, they're in third place in the Western Conference, uh, just four points out of first place. So uh, playing pretty well. That game tonight on 95.3 FM and 1350 AM starting at 6.00.
2: I'm going to predict Saturday and Sunday for the Steelheads, a lot of barbecue and a lot of naps. <laughs> yes, That's exactly what the priority is Gosh. for those players. Barbecue and naps, and then you wake up and have another piece of barbecue, and then you take another nap. Now, they don't
1: have barbecue like that on the tundra in Canada, do they, Prater?
2: Oh, I'm sure you can get some good barbecue up there, but it's always go to the the Nirvana, the Mecca of barbecue.
1: Yeah, no question. I've never been to Kansas City and had KC or Missouri barbecue. The closest I've had is like when, when BJ Rains was like thinking he was like Mr. you know, Kansas City barbecue guy and he was cooking barbecue for us a while back. And that was good, don't get me wrong, but that's certainly on my bucket list. So, if the Steelheads come out sluggish on Monday, it's an actually an afternoon game on President's Day. So, okay. like if they
4: come out sluggish, it's because they just got a little too bloated. Those over guys are
1: pros, though. <laughs> I would expect that not to be the case, PZ. Finally, uh, the
4: Idaho High School girls' state basketball tournaments get underway across the uh, Treasure Valley tomorrow. Fort Idaho Center hosting the 5A tournament and the championship games on Saturday. 4A is at Mountain View and the Idaho Center. Eagle hosting 3A, CUNA the 2A, and the uh, 1A games are at Columbia. And Nampa High School. A lot of girls basketball action starting tomorrow.
1: I love it. That's always a fun time of year and a sign that spring is coming, Brader. When high school basketball tournaments, the wrestling state tournament gets going either. Fun time for the preps here on Idaho Sports Talk. Don't forget the 2022 Garden Seeds and Seed Starting Supplies. They are all now ready and available at all 13 ZAMZO's locations. So stop waiting and stop worrying about supply chain issues. ZAMZO's has it all, 13 locations. Nobody knows like ZAMZO's. Bob Beeler, live from Colorado Springs, right by the campus of the Air Force Academy. He's coming on next to talk about Air Force and maybe his thoughts on the new Boise State football schedule released today. Prater on the ballgame, Idaho Sports Talk.
0: Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM, The Ticket. This is Bronco Focus with the voice of Boise State Athletics, Bob Beeler. Bronco Focus, here we are, Prater
1: in the ballgame. I hope you're happy to be with us today because Bob Beeler joining us live on the Fat Guys Fresh Deli Hotline from Colorado Springs, 8 p.m. tonight. Our coverage starts at 7.30 on KBOI, where you can hear Bob Beeler. Bob, welcome to the program. And before we get in to the big game on the hardwood tonight, i got to get your thoughts on the 2022 Boise State football schedule. What stood out to you?
5: Well, the first thing I looked for was personal. I wanted to see where we were going to be Thanksgiving week, whether we are going to be home or road, because it seems like we're road all the time. And it was home. First time uh, the Boise State's going to actually play a home game on Thanksgiving weekend uh, since 2018, and and haven't done it, I'd say, in the time I've been here. Two out of three have been on the road. That's just kind of a gut feeling. And the second thing I look for is where is Boise State's bye? And I like it. It's pretty much smack dab in the middle of the schedule on October 15th. And then I look at who Boise State is going to play the week after the bye. And I get even more excited because it's Air Force, and that means you'll have two weeks to get ready for that uh, offensive air force so that's a plus and air force plays the week before so that's good and then the last thing i look for is does anybody have a bye before playing boise state to give them an advantage and for the second year in a row nevada will have a bye before boise state the broncos will have a pretty tough game before that one as they'll be having a home game with byu the week before they head to reno
1: Yeah, no question. Some interesting thoughts there, Bob, on the schedule. Let's get to the basketball game tonight. And, you know, you've been saying Air Force traditionally is somewhat of a bugaboo of this program, basketball and football. Bob, why is the game at Air Force traditionally tough for this basketball program?
5: All right, I'm going to prove that it's tough because in the nine times that Boise State has played down here, Boise State is just four and five. And they've had the better team in each of the seasons. And, and, in fact, in the five years that they've lost, Air Force has been ranked above 200 in all but one of the years. So Boise State's had the better team but hasn't always played well. Atmosphere, there's no crowd. You're playing at elevation. And I think the style, a lot of long possessions, really cause you to think when you're playing them. And uh, they usually have a couple of players that are pretty good that can score. So, And they usually – play much better at home than they do on the road so we'll see how they do tonight against air force but uh, if you're saying what arena at you know in the mountain west that boise state has gone to do you think they play subpar games more often than others i would say air force and if you ask me what arena on the road do they play above par games i would generally say wyoming although although they lost there this year
2: we're talking Bronco Focus with Bob Beeler, the voice of Boise State Athletics. Boise State at Air Force tonight. Eight o'clock. You can catch it on our sister station, KBOI. Bob, let's talk about Emmanuel Acott. Has not played since earlier this month, one game on the third, and has not been out has not been playing since. What kind of impact, if he doesn't play, does that have on this basketball game?
5: Well, I think it's a big one because I think he's one of Boise State's better players. And I was looking at what he did the last time Boise State Played air force to kind of give an idea he was four for five from three point range scored 12 points boise state defense forced 20 turnovers 20 turnovers is a heck of a lot of turnovers in a men's game and in the backcourt, his 6'8'' size is bigger and he's more athletic than anybody for Air Force in the backcourt. So I think the fact that, you know, I think they'll miss him shooting the ball. I think they'll also miss him at the defensive end. But when you look at how many minutes the starters played in the game against Colorado State, the lowest number was 37. A lot of them played more than 40. Uh, you know, he averages, you know, a little better than 30 minutes. He played 30 in the Air Force game last last time. They're going to have to find some minutes to disperse between whether you know some starters pick up you know a few more minutes or whether you know somebody like Kuzmanovich or Milner who did not play against Air Force last time whether those guys get any minutes tonight.
2: Bob, do you know is this like a game time decision type of deal?
5: I don't know yet whether he's playing tonight or not. I mean, um, you know, they've kind of left it vague. I, I would, I, I really don't know whether he's playing or not. I just know if he doesn't play, that it's going to be a big miss.
2: Speaking of big miss, how about a big game last night? Wyoming at New Mexico. New Mexico, the Lobos pulled off the nice upset. It's going to happen in the Mountain West. So how the hell did that happen, Bob? And what does it do to impact the Mountain West race?
5: Well, it's funny. Going down in the plane yesterday, I was talking to some people. I said, you know, the one thing about this year's Mountain West regular season schedule is there have been very few upsets. The top half of the league has taken care of business against the bottom half of the league. The only two upsets that I would say that I've seen before is UNLV won at Colorado State and then New Mexico won at home against Wyoming last night. The common thread between them is that a player went nuts scoring for the upset team. Hamilton had 42 against Colorado State. Last night, Abe and I at dinner were watching on our phone trying to you know look at the small screen. And Jalen House had 34 points, including 22 in the second half. He just was on fire, especially from three. So I think that's how you get beat is when somebody goes wild for the upset team. Now, if Boise State would lose the game to Air Force tonight, all three of the top contenders would have an upset loss. Colorado State would have one. Wyoming would have one. Boise State would have one if they got beat. So that's why this game tonight is so important because you avoid an upset loss. And, oh, by the way, the top four really separating themselves. San Diego State last night beat Utah State in San Diego, I think it was by 18 or 19 points. So there are now four teams in the league with three losses or less. And then the gap, I think, goes to like six. So top four pulling away, and, and those are the teams right now that look what computer-wise like they're going to be the ones in the tournament.
2: Bob, I didn't hear a single word you said after you and Abe went to dinner last night. When you and Abe go to dinner on the company dime, you're not a big eater, so I'm not too worried about you, but please tell me that Abe puts a big old nasty herd on the company expense report. Yeah, what'd you eat?
5: Uh, Let's see. I didn't eat much. I had dessert last night because the team had a sandwich for us when we got on the plane. I (laughs) couldn't eat two uh, when we got off the plane. I think Abe had
2: quesadillas, if I'm not mistaken. Quesadillas on the company dime, Bob? I mean, not a big old dinosaur ribeye or something?
5: <laughs> no, he didn't. You know, that's the thing. I mean, you know, if if they give you a sandwich, sometimes you're good. Sometimes you're good. Well, and I was sure. last yeah. night.
1: All right. I was that was the question I was going to ask too. Was what you guys ate last night? Cuz I heard that too. When you mean Abe were out to dinner. I'm like, I wonder where Bob and Abe go for dinner the night before a game.
2: I like the fact that you and I had the same thought. Yeah, we both thought that with we, we, food, we're both triggered. Yeah.
1: Well, well,
5: let me say this. At Air Force, the hotel is up on sort of a hill, and there is nothing within walking distance of the hotel, so we were at the hotel. Other places you stay, there's a whole bunch of things to choose from. So you probably picked the wrong one to ask where we ate.
1: <laughs> Bob, what about the coverage tonight?
5: Uh, we'll be on at uh, 7.30 over on 670 KBOI, and I'll try to get a better food report for you uh, one of our other road games that
1: we got coming up. Nice. Definitely one of that food report. Beeler, have a good call tonight. Best of luck and uh, go Broncos for you, bud. Thanks, guys. Bob Beeler, Bronco Focus every day on this show. First hour, we get you the lowdown on the news for Boise State that that day with the voice of the Broncos,
2: Bob Beeler. College football hour, Prater. What are we doing today? I think we're going to dive into a little bit more of that Boise State football schedule. Little Hank Bachmeyer, get you all loaded up for a football season. Don't forget, Spring camp starts March 1st. No, weeks? I'm sorry, March 4th. March okay. 4th. The Combine, March 1st. Yeah. Boise State Camp, March 4th. That's, That's a big the Combine. Week. Write that week down. That boys.
1: is a big week.
2: I can't wait. All right,
1: College Football Hour on Wednesdays this is one of our favorite hours of the week, obviously. And Prater just told you what we're talking about. I'll throw in $50 gift certificate to Blaze Pizza for Rock, Jocks, and Pop. Coming up on Idaho
0: Sports Talk. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. Sports history happens here. Super Bowl 56. Fourth and one. Shotgun snap low. Picks it up. Left tackle block. Here comes Donald. And he spins through around. He then tried to throw it away. The Rams celebrating on the near side. On downs it goes to L.A. Only one timeout for the Bagels, and that may do it. Sports history happens here on Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket.
1: College football hour. Here we are. Prater in the ballgame. Idaho Sports Talk. Reading your texts at 208-424-9300 on the Cloverdale Plumbing Text Line. Call that same number. Fat Guys. Fresh Deli Hotline. What is your thought? On the Boise State football schedule We now know Well, We've always known who the opponents are But now we know which week, which date Until some stuff gets moved You have a better look at what the schedule is going to be What are your thoughts? 208-424-9300 Call us and let us know Prater, I don't want you to be negative Nemo here Because the last time we talked about The schedule at 3 o'clock You said, you know what, I asked you what you're feeling What what your thought was And you said you were depressed Because you wanted to see Michigan State On that schedule.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I'm depressed, but uh, looking at this schedule, it it is kind of depressing that Michigan State's not there. As as media guys, we like to cover the big game. As fans, that's what they look forward to the most, and uh, it's not there. Congratulations. You get UT Martin. What about –
1: okay, I'll just go right here then. Okay. I tried to get you out of the negative lane, but I think we're still going to stay there for another couple minutes, bro. Talk about this non-con schedule as a whole. At Oregon State. Ut Martin at home at UTEP, and then BYU at home.
2: Again, Michigan State is a big, big loss. Ut Martin is just its thats not good. That's not good at all. Everything else is absolutely fine here. I got no problem with the schedule, and you know the schedule moving forward is actually pretty good. Non-con wise, it's—it's it's probably good for Boise State. You know, you've been pushing the fact that Boise State needs to win ten games. They have to get back into double digits. This is probably a more responsible, uh, a, a little bit more friendly for Andy Avalos and these guys kind of schedule, where they can go off and and maybe push for nine and ten wins. If indeed they're still trying to build what they're trying to build down there, so um, I, I think it is a it, it's a good schedule for Andy Avalos to bounce back. I just don't think it's a good schedule to get the fans overly fired up. San Diego State, Fresno State. Back-to-back home games, probably in a six-day window, because I think one of those is going to get moved, maybe both of them. So uh, I think that's that's a spectacular eight-day period. Usually the first 10 days in October in this state or in this city, or just the weather is absolutely beautiful. That could be the highlight of that football season. Those two games at home in October, spectacular setting, big-time TV, big-time opponents, big-time buzz. I like those games an awful lot.
1: You know, I'm going to pretend I'm a Boise State football fan here and maybe a diehard football fan. Like, I'm planning to drive to Corvallis to see this game type of a fan. And I need this team to win 10-11 games. And I think this schedule is conducive for that. And I think this program, I think where this roster sits, I think where this coaching staff is, this is the type of schedule they need. Let's not ask him to slay all these dragons like Boise State has done in the past in the non-con. I don't know if this coaching staff mixed with this roster and this current state of the damn program, Michael Forrest, I don't think that's that might not be conducive this year. Let's take this easy peasy schedule cuz that looks like what it is and hopefully they're 2 and 0 when they host UT Martin for the home opener in mid September, which is kind of odd, and let's hope that this is at least a season ten and two, eleven and one, no worse than nine and three with a bowl game hoping to make that victory win number ten. This to me, if this team is running out eight and four or another seven and fiver with this schedule, this program is in serious state of emergency in my opinion. Yeah, to but, avoid yeah. that, I like this schedule. Give me some easy-peasies, some cupcakes. Let's go 10-2. and two.
2: Well, you know, I'll go back where you made your mistake there. If Boise State wins only seven or eight football games, it has nothing to do with the schedule. I mean, today's schedule changes none of that. If Boise State goes seven wins, eight wins, it has everything to do with the roster and that football team's just not good. This schedule has nothing to do with that. This schedule really has nothing to do with the wins and losses of this football team. Every one of these games are winnable. Um, most of these games, you know, there's very few Losable games, Boise State's gonna wake up and win six, seven games no matter what what the difference is between those other ones, you know. Again, I don't see the schedule making a difference. It's how good that roster is, not the schedule.
1: See, I think if Michigan State's on this game They're not though. You can say, Okay, that's gonna be a loss. You but, know? but they're not you know which is why I said it's good if you're a Boise State fan there's no dragons on this schedule give me
2: a dragon there's i'd rather not have michigan one. i'd rather have michigan state and risk a loss than, than a guaranteed victory over you what do Martin you Davis. guys think 2084249300 you'd rather have the greatest schedule
1: in school history like last year no, and finish 7 no, and 5 stop it you know come on dude last year you had oklahoma state and ucf two of the first 3 games that's a tough schedule for Boise State. This year, you got at Oregon State, and that's a coin flip. But after that, uh, you're favored in most of these games, man. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Please. And that wasn't the case last year. You had a tougher schedule. You, did they have an FCS? No. UTEP was essentially their FCS opponent. You still have UTEP, and you have an FCS. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I, I think if, if you want to win 10 games... I think you, sometimes sometimes teams do that, Prater. You know, you, 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 you'll, you'll easy-peasy it with the schedule so you can well, win more games. This, and... this schedule
2: was put together three or four years ago. This was not a response to last year's season. Uh, the UT Martin thing was, though. When was the announcement made? And that had nothing to do with the schedule and everything to do with Jeremiah Dickey misrepresenting what this town wants and Jeremiah Dickey chasing cash. Mm-hmm. I think had nothing th- to do with... You know, I mean, I guess it. I, I guess Andy Avalos' scheduling philosophy is he wants to go small, medium, and large. But and that's what this is, right? I, I don't want UT Morton on this schedule. Uh, I, I don't
1: want UTEP on this schedule. I no either. problem with that. You know, I, I would rather. I, I don't need a home and home with UTEP. You're UTEP. Go screw whatever. I'm not home and homing you. Okay, you can come here and I'll beat the. Pants off of you, but I'm not going there to El Paso to kick your ass. No,
2: where would you? Where would you rather go? Because you have to have a road game there. You don't have to. Two and two. You You go typically. You you could, but you don't
1: have to. You could three and one this and capitalize on some more home revenue. But I mean, a conference USA opponent on the road. I'm just saying, if you're going to get in the home and home game here, Michael F. You're not going to want, for me, farting around with some mid-level KUSA team. I think you can do better than that, and I hope in the in the future teams like UTEP, for home and home sake, aren't on this schedule. We can play them once, Prater. You can invite them here one time, but I'm never going to go down there, and I'm never
2: going to home and home you. Yeah, I don't necessarily like it either. I mean, nobody wants to go to UTEP. But, right. Uh, I mean, even for a non-football game, <laughs> you know, UTEP's a horrible place for to for El, El Paso out. or whatever, yeah. Horrible place Might as well them. just go
1: to Mexico, right? The beer's a lot cheaper down there, isn't it?
2: I'm um, sure. Yeah, of
1: course it is, man. You know that.
2: I mean, next year the road games are a you know next year the road games are Washington BYU. Good luck with that. 2024, the road games are Georgia Southern and Oregon. After that, it's USF and Houston are the road games. I, I, the road games are very, very solid moving forward. I, I don't like UTEP on the road either. That's that's not good and I don't want a steady dose of that, but I think that's more of a one-off because I don't see mm-hmm. a lot of UTEP-type games going on the road moving forward.
1: You know, you mentioned the future non-con road schedule there, and those are meaty, cheesy, and greasy. Dude, I love it. Uh, but But don't expect to be this 10-11, 12-win team if you're going to schedule those type of road games. You're just not going to win 80% of those in the current state of this program, in my opinion.
2: And by the way, I did say BYU, but BYU's off that schedule. I would forgot. You're right. No
1: BYU anymore.
2: So there's probably an opening there so they can go back to UTEP. (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
1: get off of it. Get off. Yeah, we, we, uh, who else are they? Who's another big conference? Western Kentucky. You know, it's home and home up with you guys. No, I mean, hopefully, hopefully that changes, and we'll, they, we'll see what happens. They do have a home
2: and home coming up with Rice. You're probably not going to like that. They have a home and home with Memphis. That's okay. I like it. Um, they have a home and home. Looks like Marshall. 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 Marshall a one off on the road.
1: Okay. That so can't be right. Did Marshall ever come here like nine years ago when it's the return of a home and home? Is it one of those home and homes that's like thirteen years apart? Maybe so. Let's hit up the fat guy's fresh deli hotline. Nathan is first up on this college football hour. What up, Nate? Dog, bring it.
6: Yeah,
5: I'm gonna have to agree with the both of you guys on this. Like I am a little depressed, like what Prater said about the whole Michigan State thing. I really wish I would have went forward and all that too. But I'm also gonna have to say this too, is it's like you know what, like like all I want, I just want a football season. I want a good season, even if it's just a simple t- schedule, if it's just a ten and two. that's all I'm gonna care about right now.
0: Appreciate
1: the call Nathan. Good stuff. He just says, play whoever the hell you want, just be ten and two after Thanksgiving weekend. get back to winning those type of games, and I don't really care who they play now in a perfect world. Albertson Stadium is going to sell out in that regard, right? Prater, that ain't going to happen. That is, for me, the negative t- thing to the ball game schedule, which is a lineup of easy-peasies, lollygaggers, let's kick their ass and let's win 10 or 11 games. But yeah. you're going to see a lot of empty seats in Albertson Stadium because this fan base, as you know and you've documented, proven if you don't bring it with the opponents, they won't come in a lot of
2: cases. Yeah, there has to be a steady balance. You, you can't just bring in, You can't just have four patsies. That's just speaking the obvious. There, you got to have balance in your schedule. You got to have some big dogs. Absolutely, don't say the word. Don't say
1: patsies. That's the name of my mom. Can you be like lollygaggers or cream puffs? Can can you you adjust that a little bit? I hate all that is associated with that word, patsy. I can work on that. Thank you, Prater. Good stuff. Um, College football hour continues. Again, continue to text us your thoughts on this schedule. We'll jump back a little bit. I'm not done with you over there, big fella. Okay. I want you at five o'clock. All right. Okay, it's a sports radio, it's a battle date. Okay, in forty five minutes we're gonna get after it about this schedule again. Until then, what are your expectations for Hank Bachmeyer? This essentially we assume he's going assuming he gets the gig again. This is gonna be the fourth consecutive week one that Hank Bachmeyer is your starting quarterback. Do you expect a great improvement with Hank coming this year or a little improvement? What are your expectations with Hank Bachmeyer? 208-424-9300. I'm going to give you mine. Prater's going to give you his. Let's talk a little bit about the quarterback position on the College Football Hour. We're talking BSU football on February 16th, and I love it. I love it. Prater the ballgame.
0: Idaho sports talk with Prater and the ball game. These guys are really playing with a sense of urgency today. Mike Prater and Johnny Mallory on Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket.
5: Second down and nine from the 49. Shakir in motion. They fake the handoff to him. Bachmeier retreats, looking long. Throws it long to the left side. Hopper, the tight end, caught it at the 20. Inside the 10, inside the 5. And Tyneal Hopper will score
1: the touchdown. His second touchdown of the season. 51 yards from Hank Bachmeyer. Prater in the ballgame here on Idaho Sports Talk 208-424-9300. Your expectations of Hank Bachmeyer in 2022 are... Let us know. We'll take some of those calls and read some texts. I'll tell you, Prater. He's eighteen and seven now. Hank, as a starter for this program, this will be the fourth season. He's your opening day starter. He finished in the top four in basically every significant passing category in the Mountain West last year. I know a lot of fans won't give him credit for that for whatever reason. It seems like anything Hank does, it just isn't good enough for a lot of folks in this fan base. Certainly not the case with you. You thought Hank had a terrific year, and I would imagine this season you expect him to have a better senior season. What are your thoughts on Hank?
2: Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, he's going to be better based on the trajectory of his career. There's no doubt about it. And the fact that he had a good season last year had one thing – it was really only one thing that mattered in my eyes is the fact that he played 12 games, that he was available, that he stayed healthy, and that he was the guy on the football field. That was massively huge. So, my first expectations for Hank Bachmeyer this football season is to play every single game. And uh, the fact that he's coming off of a season like that, I don't see any reason. Obviously, in football, there can be the fluke injury or just any kind of injury, but I expect Hank Bachmeyer to be available for every single game. And uh, beyond that, in terms of his stats, I mean, Hank Bachmeyer is what he is. I mean, look at his career stats based on all three seasons, and and line them up. He's going to throw between six and eight touchdowns or interceptions. He's going to throw between 10 and 20 touchdowns. He's going to average, I mean, as as a freshman, he, averaged, he completed 63% of his passes. As a sophomore, he completed 62% of his passes. As a junior, he completed 63% of his passes. So he's going to complete 62 or 63% of his passes. And then average yards per game, freshman, 234, sophomore, 230, Junior, 256, so he's going to pass somewhere between 235 and 260 yards a game. I expect he'll get slightly better, but Hank Bachmeyer has never taken a massive career jump, and I don't expect him to. I just don't think that that's who he is. Just get slightly better, be available, and that's all that Boise State needs. He doesn't, they don't need to have him as a total superstar. See, I kind of think they do. Man. Well, it would help. I'm not yeah. going to say it help, but Hank Bachmeyer is not going to be a superstar. If, you, if you're sitting here waiting for Hank Bachmeyer to be a superstar and you're going to tell me that Boise State needs him to be a superstar, it ain't happening, dude. I look at this roster and I think Hank needs to, without question, have a
1: season that sticks out like a sore thumb. Not going to happen. Compared That's to the other is. three years of his happen. career. I mean, we've seen guys do that. Sometimes they pop. And I don't know what the case is. Maybe with an easier
2: schedule, I want Maybe to with I, better
1: I, talent around him. I'd but. rather
2: see more of a development out of George Elani, who we didn't get to see for the first two thirds of the season last year he's way more important to me than Hank Bachmeyer. I
1: think George Helani, yeah, I mean, uh, he's right there with Hank for me. Maybe not as important because he's not the quarterback, but George Helani has to score more than one touchdown next year. George Helani needs to be available the way Hank Bachmeyer was this past season. Hank started every single game for the Broncos. He was available, and the statistics showed it. He had by far, at least for totals, the best season he had. Hank threw more touchdown passes this year, 20, than he did in his freshman and sophomore year combined, Prater. Because
2: those those freshman and sophomore years combined, he played as many games as he did last year. Riddled with
1: injuries. You're right. And next year, if Hank plays, you know, he's going to play 12, 13, 14 games, whatever. I think Hank needs to be high 20s in touchdown passes. I don't know if he can get his completion percentage up, but I I think he has to. College quarterbacks, the elite ones now, they're completing 70-ish percent of their passes, 62% certainly doesn't raise any eyebrows anymore in this thing. And I look at this roster, there's no Khalil Shakir there. Heck, there's not even Octavius Evans. I don't even know. I mean, there are the Billy Bowens, um, Static Cobbs, Latrell Cables. I mean, these guys are going to have to take significant jumps. Riley Smith at tight end, who probably was a little underused then too. Um, this offense, uh, with the fact that there's that it's shackless, but I don't know, man. This is a huge year for me, for Hank Bachmeyer. and I would say <sighs> Shaq's big, but can I say there's going to be less talent around Hank
2: next year, or should I say more? I mean, the line looks like it'll be better, right? If Holani's back, that's better. The line should be better, and I think there'll be more depth in the wide receiver room. I think he's going to have four or five dependable targets as opposed to one or two big time star targets. Now, don't get me wrong. I, don't, I, I I want Shaq back and I need him back and I, I miss him already. Yeah, yeah. I, everybody wants Shaq back. But, yeah. you know, when you have that superstar and you go to him as you should, and they used Shaq perfectly last year, you know, they've got four or five guys that can come in and be a B player to Shaq's A performance. And I think Hank Bachmeyer having more depth, more targets, more weapons, that's a good thing. And I do expect Hank Bachmeyer to be better, but there's no way he's going to take... You said elite. Hank Bachmeier is not an elite quarterback. Can he be an elite no. Mountain West quarterback? No, Come on, think, man! I don't think he can. I don't think he can. I think he can be good. I like Hank Bachmeyer a lot. Miss him. Wish we could talk to him and interview him. Have a thousand questions for him. Uh, I enjoy a million different intangibles that he brings to the table. But I promise you this. What? If he goes down, half of Bronco Nation will be optimistic that they can do better.
1: Uh, I that is maybe the one thing we're going to agree with today, yeah. Oh. That if Hank does go down, and you see the big old tail and green coming in there, what number ten I believe, um, there's going to be a huge portion of this fan base that says, okay, sweet, let's start this era, exactly, because he's going to be you know every, everybody's sliced bread. But I'm not, I'm going to go back one second. <clears throat> so if Hank Bachmeyer. I'm I'm saying he needs to be an elite-level Mountain West quarterback. Or what? Or this team's not going to go where it needs to go, dude. Like, the, I mean, you're you're going to say Boise State is going to win a Mountain West championship with eh, adequate quarterback play on a Mountain
2: West level? If that's the case, then
1: I do want a new
2: quarterback. They did as a—when fr- Hank Bachemare was a freshman, he won 12 games in a Mountain West championship as a freshman with those stats. Look at it. 2019, 12 wins, Mountain West Championship, those stats, worst stats of his entire career. Boise State succeeded as a football team the best when he had his worst year. Hmm. Yeah,
1: I mean that was the Holani thousand yard year. Uh, they certainly need that. Sure, sure. What do you who's who do you who do you like on this thing, listeners? I mean, what what are you thinking about? I mean, where are you with Hank Bachmeier? Can You win a conference championship, I guess again with adequate Mountain West-level quarterback play. Because certainly Hank Stats his first freshman year, you're right, man. He did not nine teeters and six picks. I mean, that's not even good. You know, that's like below average in college football right now. But that was when he was a freshman. Now he's a senior. I mean, he is now, would you say, with, I mean, Hank Bachmeyer is the unquestioned leader of this offense. I mean, you can't say it's Helani.
2: Um, leader like in the like in the locker room type of leader? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think Hank Bachmeyer has been the leader of this football team for a couple of years, and that's what I love about him. I think mm-hmm. he's a fantastic leader. Mm-hmm. I, I'll I, give I, you that. I think he does everything at an elite level except play football, where he's just good and sometimes great and sometimes frustrating and very inconsistent at times. But every other box, I think the dude checks a million boxes for me. And Bronco Nation should be
1: okay with that. Hey, he is who he is. We're not going to expect a massive jump in statistics, but he'll be a little better than he's been, and that's mm-hmm. gonna be good enough at the end of the day. If everybody else plays well and this program does you have seen the schedule, it's not exactly a gauntlet, then Hank Bachmeyer should be able to win ten plus games. Exactly. With this team and this schedule. With yeah. with good
2: stats, not elite stats.
1: Not elite stats. I mean I mean you remember like Joe Burrow, for example, had that jump from his junior to senior year. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson. Same stinking thing. Your boy Zach Wilson.
2: Those guys were elite quarterbacks, yeah, yeah
1: I, I don't... You, that's too much to ask for Hank to have like to throw thirty seven touchdown passes next year up from twenty last year I hope I'm wrong. can't take that type of a jump. What jump or not do you expect Hank Bachmeyer to take or not two oh eight four two four ninety three hundred on the Cloverdale plumbing text line gosh i I hate when I do this to myself because I get excited, you know when I start we start talking football. And you, what's my new nickname, Johnny Two Bowls? <laughs> what you guys were saying yesterday? Because you only like two sports. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Um, I was watching Olympic hockey last night, and for about two and a half hours, I, I felt like a nerd, just sitting on my couch, being nerdy, yes. watching Olympic hockey. Hey, man, we're all nerds, Prater. No, I'm not a nerd. You're just, I took offense to that. I am not a nerd. You can call me a lot of different things. I don't like being called a nerd.
4: In case you uh, remember from yesterday, this, yeah. this
2: was Prater attacking Johnny. Come There's on. a grown man basketball. who has a nickname of Ball Game, and he likes basketball and football. And baseball. Do you, you was... need to change your nickname to, time... to, to Johnny Two Ball Game?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was yesterday. That was a funny one yesterday.
2: Yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, I think, dude, Yeah, well, can I call you a geek? Because I like Olympic hockey. No, just because you're a geek, man. Yes, I, I'm. I'm full on signing up for that. Fire away. <laughs> I, I'm totally on board with that. So,
1: <laughs> geek is better than nerd. Nerd's more offensive. Yeah, right. I don't
2: like to be called a nerd. I mean, I'm called a lot of things in my life, and I nerd's yeah. fine. But uh, I mean, yeah. nerd. I, I I'm not a nerd. I, I'm going to defend myself. I never defend mm-hmm. myself. I'm going to defend myself on that one. I'm not a nerd of any kind. Okay.
1: You've heard it right here on Idaho Sports Talk, Prater. Not a stinking nerd, and I love it. But I'm just what I was trying to say there. Like we're talking football, and my blood's flowing, and then I look in on, on the my show sheet, and it's February
2: 16th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like just, dude, you just tried to tell me that Hank Bachmeyer has to win a Heisman Trophy for Boise State to win 12 games, and it's February. You know what? I never used that I word. Know, I just said a
1: massive statistical jump, I and know, I know, I and I want to know what people are going to say. We'll go. Well, we we have, we have what. When's the Corvallis game? Yeah, um, six
2: months? I think it's 100, and not that I counted yesterday, I think it's 198 days away.
1: Okay, so we have 198 days to talk about this, and I don't think this year we're going to do the longest pregame show ever like we did last year for UCF, right? Well... Are we going to get into that again? I already told you my plan. Did you yeah, forget it already? Not, no, I know. I don't forget stuff like some people, Okay.
2: Well, that's not true. You do forget some
1: stuff.
4: Uh, some yeah. stuff. Yeah. What?
1: You forget stuff.
4: You forget stuff. You forget what we're talking about sometimes. You forget, I believe, earlier today you lost your and You couldn't remember what we were talking about. Uh, sometimes I need I'm... a laser so I can just zap you back
2: into reality sometimes. Well, Johnny.
1: sometimes, you know, I'm reading Twitter. I'm... I'm doing stupid stuff I shouldn't be. I get distracted easily.
2: Yes, you do. We need to keep you to focus. focus, you know, focus. So, uh, that's where We're sending you to Corvallis. We're yep. sending Prater to Gainesville. Gainesville. And we're going to uh, – you know, oh, yeah. there was no, two things that had to happen. The schedule had to come out, and then we have to wait another month for the TV people to get their hands on the schedule so they can change the dates. And as soon as those dates are finalized, we're booking you a trip to Corvallis, we're mm-hmm. booking Prater a trip to Gainesville, and we're going to do Idaho Sports Talk 3,000 miles apart.
1: That's going to be awesome. Do you expect there to be any chance that Florida, Utah is anywhere else but Saturday? No, that'll
2: 100% be a Saturday That's game. That's Saturday. That's 100% going to be a Saturday game, but I also expect 90% chance that Boise State, Oregon State will be on a Thursday or Friday
1: a night too, probably well after Idaho Sports Talk so I could do the show that day and then hop into the stadium ready to go. Bingo. It's going to be a fun one. That's your College Football Hour. Appreciate you guys. Um, If you're a local business owner, sponsor our College Football Hour. Just text one of us, get in touch. It'd be awesome for you. JP's got the news coming up. You will hear from Leon Rice talking about tonight's pesky opponent, the Air Force Falcons, also not far away from Rock Jocks and Pop Culture, where we'll give you a chance to win 50
0: bucks at Blaze Pizza.
1: All coming up. On Prater in the ball game, Idaho Sports Talk.
0: You're listening to Idaho Sports Talk with Prater in the ball game on Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The ticket. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The ticket.
4: Going to put up uh, for grabs a fifty dollar Blaze Pizza gift certificate. Rock Jocks and Pop Culture in about ten minutes or so. But first. Oise State basketball plays at Air Force tonight, looking for a bounce-back game from Saturday's Colorado State loss. And to stay in a tie for first place in the Mountain West standings, the Broncos and Wyoming are tied after the Cowboys lost to New Mexico last night. And Leon Rice earlier this week talked about playing on the road against the Falcons. The style is so unique, and the... That Princeton-style offense wears you down, wears you down, wears you down. And if you play from behind, it's like running in mud. And, and I mean, you look at the, even this year, nothing's different. I mean, Wyoming hit a buzzer beater, beat them. They played at Colorado State down to the wire. They've beat Utah State there. They, We all know what it is. And uh, our guys did a good job here with, in, with some things, but we did a bad job with some other things in that game, too, that, that we have to get better at. When he was talking about uh, running in mud, you ever have a nightmare where you just can't run? Your feet weigh about two thousand pounds, and you can't run.
2: Uh, JP, that's my everyday life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have the dream where I'm trying to punch someone, but I can't get any power behind my punch. You have those dreams too? No, that's you're your trying rant, to yeah. do something, and you can't hit them as hard as you want. And this—that's that. violence—is your first, yeah, reoccurring dream, Johnny. Well, do you ever ever have those dreams where you know you're dreaming, Prater? I haven't remembered a dream in
2: thirty years. Wow!
1: I remember all my dreams, and sometimes you wrote I have a dream where I know I'm dreaming. I full out know I'm dreaming. So what I'll do is I'll just run up to somebody and punch him in the face because I can, and I know I'll get away with it.
4: Wow. Yep. I don't even know how to respond. I've never like been that.
1: fortunate enough to have Prater in one of those dreams. <laughs> but if he is one day, guys, all oh, Prater, I'm gonna beat the.
4: Bob Beeler, Abe Jackson, they've got the call at tonight's game, 8 p.m. And the uh, other game tonight, UNLV plays at Fresno State. Well, the L.A. Rams had their uh, championship parade today, ending with a rally at the L.A. Coliseum. Cooper Cup, he showed up wearing a Kobe Bryant jersey today. and um, That was cool. Uh, apparently uh, a shirtless Aaron Donald, he got his turn to address the crowd today. And I had that was there, scary. There, there we go. Yes. He, he 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 admitted he was a little bit tipsy. Like
2: I said, I've been drinking a little bit, so <laughs> 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 so we're having a good time. It's going to make it like this for at least the end of the week, so <laughs> we're world champions!
6: <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> Fun. That sounds like Johnny huh? and
2: <laughs> I. Every single picture I saw today of a Ram, they all had some booze in their hand. Every single one of them. It's a beautiful thing. And, and Aaron Donald never had a shirt on. I think he showed y- yeah. up without a shirt. If I looked like Aaron Donald without a shirt, right. I would never put on a shirt. I know, right?
1: Y- y- I he would come like to the... work
2: without a shirt, JP.
1: He looks like the old school um, Incredible Hulk series that you yes. guys probably watched where it was yes. just a roided out Lou Ferrigno mm-hmm. painted green. Like That's kind of what Aaron Donald looks like without the roids, without the Ferrigno, and without the paint, man. He looks like an Incredible Hulk type of dude. and. Yep. You know, I just love seeing Cooper Cup rocking the old Kobe number eight jersey for LA, that whole deal for him to be embraced and embraced. I mean, it's like this Prater, every athlete like currently playing, like Kobe was their Jordan. And it doesn't even matter what sport they play. <laughs> you know, you have football players like who inspired you? Oh, Kobe. Like it's you know, Cooper Cup, by the way, won a state championship. Yeah, I remember when he was in high school at Davis High, 4A, they won the Washington State title and it was pretty impressive. So he, he was probably a big-time baller in hoops,
4: too. And, of course, uh, there was some talk about potential retirement for Sean McVay and Aaron Donald that they won the Super Bowl. Oh, well, God. They kind of, kind of addressed that.
0: Aaron, Sean McVay just tapped me on the shoulder. He wanted to know if you were interested in running it back. It back, run 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 it Okay,
2: back. JP. Give it up for Aaron Donald. What a stunt. Hold on, we'll hear Everything. from Aaron Donald. We, we, we built a super team. We can bring a super team back. Why not run it back? We could be world champion. Yeah! Why not run it back? I, I never I believed it. that for a second. That was a media-fabricated <laughs> story. Sean McVay and Aaron Donald are going nowhere. JP, you got sucked into that story.
4: I just wanted to play this scream. This scream here at the end. Okay. Yeah!
1: <laughs> That's fun.
4: And last night uh, while Johnny was not watching hockey, Prater and I were both watching the US men's hockey team lose to Slovakia in a shootout to get knocked out of the Olympics in the quarterfinal round. The US led 2 to 1. Slovakia scored 44 seconds left in regulation. I was all ready to go to bed, Prater. And uh, they pulled their goalie, got that goal to tie it up. 10-minute overtime period was scoreless. Then the U.S. could not manage a goal in the shootout. U.S. men's
2: done. That was depressing. I, I, that uh, that one bummed me out a little bit last night. Uh, it was a great game. You knew when they gave up that goal with 45 seconds left that it was not going to be good. Um the one good thing about this, and I'm not rooting against the Americans, which I've done in the Olympics before, but in this particular case, I was very much rooting for the Americans, but uh, I saw a whole bunch of videos uh, of youth soccer kids in Slovenia today, Slovakia, I guess, Slovakia, and, and this was their miracle on ice.
3: For, for mm-hmm. that country, it for was. those kids, for yeah. these people,
2: Yeah. Uh, because if we would have won, if the United States would have won that game last night, America would have woke up and said, eh, man nah, nah. man?"
1: Yeah, like like uh, with me, yeah. yeah.
2: So... Uh, I thought it was pretty cool for those guys, but uh, it sucks. It sucks, and uh, it's too bad.
1: Yeah, I was watching Euphoria last night. You watched that show, JP, on HBO Max? I have not seen Euphoria. No, No, don't worry about it. I I, I, Something I don't want to talk about with Prater, you talked about pulling the goalie, or you did? Yes, yes. A friend of mine was like, hey, ball game, uh, I think you might like this, but me and my wife have decided to pull the goalie. I didn't know what he meant. What is that, Prater? Like, when a a couple pulls (laughs) the goalie, what does that mean?
4: Oh, I, I, I... I have no idea. Prater? Is Forrest? It, is it, uh, I'm, afraid, I'm afraid to even find out, to be honest with you. If a guy and his wife, never mind. Uh, U.S. women, they will hope for a better fate tonight. Of course, they will at least meddle. As they take on Canada, gold medal game, I believe same time as last night, nine fifteen. The good thing about those games go by fairly quick, predator. Not much stoppage in play or anything. Oh, it was like two wel- hours. And welcome to hockey, yeah. JP. That's just hockey general. Well, you know, if there's a lot of penalties, it just didn't seem like there was many penalties last night. So okay, go U.S. Women. I was very upset though. I I went, I watched the U.S. Women's curling team against Canada, and they lost. And then I go and watch the the Can- both my teams lost last night. Very hey upset. man, very upset, John.
1: I, I, my teams lose all the time. You know, I lost money last night. I thought Wyoming would be able to handle New Mexico. Lost money on that, Brader. Yeah, I know a tough you- one, man. I can't hit squat right now either. Um, maybe you guys will have better luck. It's called Rock Jocks and Pop Culture, brought to you by Advanced Heating and Cooling. We have fifty bucks to blaze pizza at stake today. Who wants to play? We'll put you on the radio and everything. A little trivia coming up. Call 208-424-9300. Let's get a contestant, JP, Rock Jocks, Pop Culture, next on Prater in the Ballgame.
0: Idaho Sports Talk presents Rock, Jocks, and Pop Culture. Portions of this game show cannot be rebroadcast without the expressed written consent of the National Football League. Now, here's Johnny on Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The All right,
1: our contestant today is one of our one of our diehards, Prater. This guy came out to almost every stop of our Dutch Bros summer tour last year. Slick Willie is joining us. Slick Willie, are you on the Wall of Fame already? Yes, sir. Okay, good for you, man. Hey, and he,
2: he didn't even have to answer three questions. We just put Slick Willie on the Wall of Fame just because he's Slick Willie. <laughs> and actually, Slick Willie's
4: photo up on the Wall yeah. of Fame is a picture of his dad playing football from where? Slick Willie?
6: COP, College of Pacific, which is UOP now.
1: Okay, yeah. Nice. I love University that of Pacific, that's where Pete Carroll went. Um, yep. Okay, Slick Willie. Let's see if we can get you again on the wall of fame and get you 50 bucks to Blaze Pizza. You know the rules, Slick Willie, so I don't need to give you the little yeah. history lesson. People are listening for the first time. Slick Willie gets two lifelines, one Prater, one JP. Here we go. Slick Willie, this band's hit song, Radioactive, was Rolling Stone Magazine's biggest rock hit of the year in 2013. And that same year, MTV called this band the year's biggest breakout band. Name that band. Hit song, Radioactive, Slick Willie.
6: I'm going to go with JP.
4: Ah. Radio... 2013, you say? Yes. 2013. Trying to get um, a little younger with some of these questions. Because I, I know that there was a, a song by The Firm called Radioactive, but that was about uh, 30 years ago. Um, radioactive, Radioactive. Um... It's
2: been the most played song on the planet of the last 10
4: years. Really? Oh, 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 oh. Oh, uh, Mike Prater loves this band. They are coming to town... And I'm having a blank uh, moment, but... Da, 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 da.
1: Hey, Willie, Willie turn t- your radio <laughs> down. I expected <laughs> yes. a little more from a varsity letterman. Turn that crap <laughs> down, bro. The uh,
4: the uh, Imagine Dragons is the answer to your question, Slick Willie.
6: We'll go Imagine Dragons. I'm not into rock and roll, so I'm going to go Imagine Dragons.
0: It is my understanding that we're supposed to play ball.
1: All right. Well, nice teamwork, guys. Well done. All right,
6: Slick Willie. I'm an R&B an R- and, and rap guy. So. Okay,
1: man. Nice.
6: That's all good. That's all good.
1: Okay, Slick Willies. You're one for one. Well, if you're an R&B and rap guy, I don't know if you're going to struggle on this question, but I imagine you will. Slick Willie, which driver has won the most career Daytona 500 races?
6: Yeah. I will definitely have to go. I'm thinking Jeff Gordon. Or one of the Dale Earnhardt Jr. senior, but I'm not specifically sure cuz I'm not in the NASCAR either. So I might have to go with Mr. Mike P.
2: <laughs> mm. It's definitely not Dale Earnhardt senior, I can promise you that. Yeah, <laughs> on. one one. <laughs> I don't think it's Dale Earnhardt Jr. um
6: I don't think it's Jeff Gordon. Who's one? Guy
2: it there. could be Gordon. It could be Johnson. It could be Petty. It could be even old-timers like Cale Yarborough. Um, look at Prater flexing his NASCAR
1: knowledge. I love yeah.
2: it. I'll go... Uh, I'll go... Uh, I'll throw a dart at Jimmy Johnson. Does
6: that sound good let's to you? Let's try Jimmy. Yeah, let's try Jimmy Johnson.
2: Bad breaks and cricket mm. breaks. Uh,
1: This dude won seven of them, the King, Richard Petty. Richard Petty, yeah, seven times. Oh man, NASCAR! Yeah. You 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 threw it out there, Frater. You were on yeah. it, yeah. Jimmy Johnson has won so many big races, though. That's a good guess too. Jimmy Johnson's a stud, but the King, Richard Petty, has won seven oh. races. Okay, Slick Willie, yeah. you, you're on All your right. you're on your own on this. You're out of yep. lifelines. Okay. So, here's the question. What is the only mammal that can fly, Slick Willie? There's only one member of the mammal family that flies. What type of animal is it?
6: The only mammal that flies? Wow. He really got a good one there.
1: Thanks, Slick Willie. I try to mix it up.
6: There's one mammal mammal
1: that can fly, Slick Willie.
6: What the (laughs) freaking maniswilk? One mammal that can fly.
3: One
1: mammal, Slicks. You just sent chills down my spine there for a second. That's a hint from JP. Even (laughs) though he shouldn't be giving them, but we love him. Yeah. That's a JP hint. Chills. The only mammal that can fly.
6: I cannot think of a mammal that can fly for some reason.
1: Ah, slicks.
6: Oh, man, you got me on that one. Slickage! I can't even...
0: Bad breaks and crooked uh, breaks.
6: Yeah. I... All
1: right, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's a miss. J.P. helps like Willie. It would be a bat. A bat is a mammal. A
3: bat. A bat. Oh, a wow. bat.
1: And JP said, give you a little shivers, too. They're not pretty.
4: That's because at. I thought he was going to say the F word
6: is about the reason that. Oh, I, thought you were, I thought
1: you were hinting because <laughs> nah.
6: it's a bat and a lot of people. Nah, that's what I thought he was hinting at. I almost said a cuss word.
1: <laughs> you know better than that, Slick Willie. Oh, yeah. All right. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for uh, listening as all always. Right, no problem. Good stuff. Slick Willie, Naga, Naga, not going to be eaten at Blaze Pizza with myself and Prater. Advanced Heating and Cooling, thank you for this sponsorship. Thank you for Rock Jackson and Pop Culture. And hey, guys, they are hiring, so you can join a team of long-term, dedicated employees. How about vacation pay? How about uh, health insurance? How about guaranteed full-time hours? How about company-paid schooling? Look, if you hate your job, stop hating it. Leave it apply for for advanced heating and cooling go to advancedheatingandcooling.com yes they're hiring you can opportunity for advancement in that company too boise state they have a new 2022 football schedule all the opponents we know the games now the time or not the times but we'll talk about it
0: sports radio 95.3 fm and 1350 am The ticket if you missed Idaho Sports Talk with Prater in the ballgame, his agent, Lee Steinberg, why didn't Khalil Shakir play in the Senior
6: Bowl? You know, I'll have him answer that question. But what you have at the Senior Bowl is head coaches even a few owners, but every single person that is scouting talent is down there. The game is always important, but what's really important is how you do it practices, and he had some terrific practices.
0: Printer and the Ball Game, weekdays at 3 on Sports Radio, The Ticket. What's going on, and welcome, 5 o'clock.
1: Good to have you with us on what we hope is your favorite Sports Talk radio program. This is Idaho Sports Talk. We... Our Prater in the ball game right here on Sports Radio, The Ticket. Uh, We want to hear from you on the Fat Guys Fresh Jelly Hotline. Call 208-424-9300 and share with me and my partner, Mike Prater, your thoughts on the 2022 Boise State football schedule. We now know the week-to-week opponent. They open in Corvallis against Oregon State. They close the season at Albertson Stadium hosting Utah State, lots in between. What are your thoughts on this schedule? The good, the bad, and the ugly. Speak now, I'm telling you, or forever hold it. Give us a call. Um, Prater, we've been talking about this all show, obviously, today, and there's a lot of people maybe who haven't caught the last two hours so when I ask you just maybe maybe this is a repeat but again just kind of your initial thoughts you saw this schedule you knew the opponent so you knew it wasn't going to be a
2: good schedule but now that you've seen the schedule layout and the opponents kind of what are your thoughts man bring it yeah the layout I mean three games three of the first four games on the road I don't find that to be overly intimidating or or, or worrisome I mean we knew that Oregon State was going to be the uh, the season opener, they slip, slipped in a uh, road game uh, against New Mexico in that second week. So that's kind of interesting there. And then you come back with that UT Martin and UTEP game. Obviously, Michigan State's not on this schedule. That's a little depressing to me. It's not an overly inspiring schedule, but it's probably a good bounce-back schedule for Andy Avalos. I, he certainly doesn't think that way, but... There's more opportunities for victories on this schedule than there was last year for a football team and a program that's trying to rebound from last year with a new coach. So I think that there's some possibilities and some some hope there. I like the back-to-back home games against San Diego State and Fresno State in early October beautiful time of the year, the best I've always said the best weather in Boise is in October. And uh, I cannot wait to play two football games in the first 10 days of October against two monster opponents in San Diego State and Fresno State. That's going to create some some buzz around here. You got a bye week before Air Force. I don't know if I buy that as much anymore. I mean, maybe for this coaching staff because it's kind of new, but you know when Brian Harson was here he kind of had the the air force thing nailed down in terms of pr- preparing and getting ready for air force so yeah. you'll spend a couple of days in spring camp working on air force you'll spend a week in the summer working on air force and at this point come on air force should be old hat because you play them all the time and and, and getting ready to prepare for them and needing 2 weeks to prepare for air force I'd almost rather have the week afterwards so I could heal up because you come out of the Air Force game beaten up. But Hmm. Boise State plays at Air Force, and they turn around and play a home game against Colorado State, Then you got the BYU game. And I like the fact that they're finishing on the road against Utah State. I'm sorry, finishing at home against Utah State on Thanksgiving weekend. Right now that game is scheduled for Saturday. As a matter of fact, every single one of these games are scheduled for Saturdays. In the next six weeks, TV will get their hands on this schedule. Some of these will move to Thursday. Some of these will move to Friday. We won't know the back half of the schedule. I would say from the Air Force game on, we won't know anything until the season gets underway. Uh, Like, you know, September 26th, Boise State, Utah State, Saturday. We won't know until like 10 days before that game if it gets moved. And if they're playing for a division title or a conference championship game or a spot there, it'll get moved. If they're not playing for anything, if there's nothing at stake, that game will stay on Saturday. Okay,
1: for the final game of the season. Yeah. And I I think there's a good chance, me and Prater were talking about this, that that Boise State-Utah State finale might have implications for the conference championship. You'd think that Utah State won the division last year, Boise State won this division two years ago. Now. And and fans, is it still like the the goal, or is it still a realistic goal in this town for your team to run the table? Because remember, that was the thing with Boise State: you win that early non-con showdown, and all right, you can set that sucker in cruise control, and you can feel pretty good about running the table of an undefeated, if not one lost, season. If that's still the mindset. Then And that's the ultimate for you. It's just go undefeated. I don't care who we play. If Boise State goes undefeated, I don't care what their schedule looks like, they will play in a New Year's 6 game. It does not matter what the schedule strength is. Now, maybe you disagree with that and the committee's weird. Well, it'll certainly depend, but you would got to think Boise State have a pretty good chance if they are 13-0 and after winning the Mountain West Championship game, they're going to a New Year's 6 bowl game. Is that even still on the conscience because – to me, it magnifies week one, Labor Day week, and a game I will be in attendance for at Reeser Stadium, Boise State at Oregon State. Because if you get that, and I think it's a coin flip, man, I love what Jonathan Smith is doing in Corvallis. That it seems like they're going in the right direction by no stretch, Prater. Is this a gimme? This is going to be a 50-50 coin flip. But if you get that, and this team can can get everything out of it, Prater, this team can grow and be better than they were last year, I think you're going to win a lot of games on this schedule. Now, you might win a lot of games that aren't sellouts, but I think there's a lot of games, and it looks to me, prior to the philosophy of Jeremiah Dickey, non-con, a bad, a middle, and a good, plus an FCS. The bad would be UTEP. The middle would be Oregon State. The good would be BYU, and the FCS is UT Martin. So it kind of fits
2: the new schedule philosophy, I think, of this program. Yeah, it does, and that's what Andy Avalos and Jeremiah Dickey have talked about. What's this talk about going undefeated? By the way, undefeated.
1: a so stupid. Just like nah, I mean, on February sixteenth, I'm saying, hey, I just, if you beat the Oregon, if you win the Oregon State game, Prater, I think you could be favored in every single game on the schedule, except maybe BYU.
2: You know, Boise State's only got undefeated twice in the history. That, like in 60 years, they've got undefeated twice. <laughs>
1: um, I think they've been undefeated two other regular seasons. They just lost their bowl game. Kellen lost his bowl game in 08. And then, of course, Z's sophomore year, Andy Avalos picked six in the Louisville game, yep. went undefeated and lost their bull game. So you're
2: talking regular season. Yeah, game. sure, okay. sure.
1: Um, yeah, this schedule right here, can they win every one of these games? Coming off um, of a
2: five-loss season, you're ex- are your expectations for an undefeated
1: season? I was asking Bronco Nation, man. That's what I wanted to know if their expectations were. And if they see this, if they see that that's the biggest, that's a possibility. Last year, we looked at the schedule, and it wasn't, right? It was Avalos' first year. They had a tough non-con. It wasn't realistic for them to run the table last year.
2: Nor is it realistic this year. Uh, uh,
1: uh,
2: damn you. It's not. I mean, come on. I'm just, I mean, I, I'd like to them, if they lost five games last year, I'd like for them just to get a little bit better and maybe only lose two or three. I mean, <laughs> undefeated? Come on, ball game. Even hardcore Boise State fans don't expect Boise State to go undefeated next year.
1: You're probably correct, 100%. Twice the in expectations 60 years. Just shouldn't a, be
2: there. No, that's a ridiculous expectation. But
1: it is a schedule where, outside of Oregon State, you might uh, okay. There's potential to get back in the 10-win regular season column with absolutely. this schedule. Okay. Absolutely, absolutely, but 10 and two. Absolutely, and I think that's a big factor for this program. No more farting around at seven and five. This fan base isn't going to handle that. You got to get to nine ten wins michael f
2: yeah i mean they averaged two three four losses a year over the last few years yeah so mm-hmm. they're going to lose two or three four games you know i i would pencil in or if i had to sit here i'd pencil in the air force game i have no idea what air force air force goes in cycles they go back and forth so i'm not sure what they're bringing back but anytime you go to air force that's always pesky so i'd, I'd pencil in like a, a an oregon state loss i would pencil in a air force loss um yeah, yeah, I I can see this team going at least nine and three, 10 and two. Absolutely. And maybe
1: a BYU lost there or something Not or at all. Nevada. You know, Nevada hey, you know, sucks. Yeah, they, yeah, they're done now. All right, we gotta get out of here. How about an interview with the twenty twenty-one Daytona five hundred champion? Yes, Michael McDowell on Idaho Sports Talk, the great American race this weekend, and we have last year's champion all oh, Prater spent a month booking this guest he's next on idaho
0: sports talk we've got your work days covered jim rome at 10 rich eisen at one and prater in the ball game at three eight hours of the best sports talk on sports radio the ticket welcome back idaho
1: sports talk prater in the ball game in this is one of those, this is why you listen to Idaho sports talk moments. Let's hit up our Fat Guys Fresh Deli hotline and welcome in the 2021 Daytona 500 champion, the 34-car Ford Mustang front row motorsports, Michael McDowell. Thanks for hanging out with us today.
3: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on.
1: You know, I guess that the first question you've probably got a million times, but winning the Daytona 500 last year. Like how has that changed your life? Like on and off the track.
3: Yeah. You know, there's definitely things that have changed and you know, those things being like notoriety and exposure and opportunities for our partners and all those things, sponsorship, all that's gotten better and it's been awesome. But in like the areas that matter, really life hasn't changed that much. Um, you know, it's uh, it's neat, and it's awesome that I got to experience it and, you know, live out a, a dream come true, um, and I'm thankful for it. It's been been an amazing journey. Uh,
1: you know, I saw you had the fastest time in the practice session, and obviously you win it once. Maybe you have that thirst or appetite to, to get another one of these. What's it going to take for Michael McDowell and the 34 car uh, to make this a back-to-back and win the Daytona 500 again?
3: You know, I think it's just about having the same mentality and approach that we had last year, and, and that's, you know, to work hard and be aggressive to get ourselves in position, and then just maximizing, you know, the opportunity when you get there. I mean, you know, Daytona's a, a fun race track, really challenging, hard to get to the very end of these races. They get wild and crazy, um, and so just doing what we've done in the past to, to get us, you know, to the end and have a fighting chance, and um, really the mentality stays the same you know each, just because we want it doesn't change the desire to win again uh, and if anything it's increased it just knowing how much it's done for our race team and you know for our partners and you know making the playoffs and all the things that come with it so we're really motivated to uh to go back to back here and um you know but there's a race and there's a lot of other people out there they're going to try to uh, win the race as well so it's going to be a fight
2: we're talking Daytona 500 with 2021 champion Michael McDowell Straight from Daytona, 500. The race is Sunday on Fox, qualifying tonight, qualifying on Thursday night. Michael, you were the 100-to-1 underdog last year. I also noticed, looking through your bio stuff, that you're from Glendale, Arizona, where a former Boise State football team won a Fiesta Bowl in Glendale in that stadium as the ultimate, ultimate underdog. Do you consider yourself, was that an ultimate underdog performance last year? And do you consider yourself different now?
3: Um, you know, yeah, it's. I think that, I don't know. I don't think we were the underdog coming here. I mean, I know that people say that, but if you just look at our stats the last five years here, I think I have as many, if not the most, top fives and top tens out of any of the regular drivers. So, you know, even though we hadn't won races, we've been in, you know, that top five coming to the white flag a lot here at Daytona in the last, you know, five or six years. So I don't feel like an underdog, but I definitely see why um, people consider it that way. Um, yeah, so you know I I never really thought too much about that. I just kind of come here and try to do my job and and try to get the victory lane and you know not worry too much about you know the peripheral stuff, but. Um, it's fun to surprise people and shock them for sure
2: (laughs) we we definitely like that part of sports you know last year watching that race again watching some of the highlights of that finish and looking at your career you've talked about the 358 previous starts where you didn't have a win you've talked openly about sleeping in rental cars paying your dues doing your stuff that you have to do and and last year you were so patient in that race you guys are in a fast aggressive sport but patience seems like it's a big, big virtue. And you kind of pulled that off last year. Do you consider yourself a patient athlete?
3: You know, I think that for me, I'm not super patient in general. But, I, you know, I do have a strategy here. And, and you know, it's it's just worked out for me the last few years is I'm really aggressive to try to get to the front and then get in that top five. The top, yeah, top five is really where I want to be. Um and then once I get in that top five and I feel like I'm in a good spot, I sort of back it down a little bit and wait till the end. Um, if I'm running 15th and there's 25 to go, I'm going to be super aggressive and not patient at all. But if I'm in that top five or I can see that top five, you know, I'm going to wait until it counts. Um, just knowing how these races unfold and how they typically play out. So there's definitely strategy. There's a myth to all the madness for sure. And everybody does it a little bit different. Um, but you know, I think just having a plan, executing your plan and, and, you know, knowing your approach is really important.
1: Love talking to the 2021 Daytona 500 champion, the 34 car, Michael McDowell joining us here on Prater in the ball game for someone like me, Michael, who's not a diehard NASCAR fan, but certainly knows about the Daytona 500 and how big it is. You having been in this race, having won this race what makes the Daytona 500 so special? What makes it the great American race?
3: I think just the history, the, you know, prestigeness of the event, the, you know, the guys that have won here, the guys that haven't won here too. You know, this is one of those elusive races where, um, you know, the best of the best have, you know, sometimes failed to get to victory lane here. And so um, it's definitely, you know, for us, this is our biggest race. It's, the place where you want to win and i think the history of our sport of nascar um the prestigiousness of what the daytona 500 means and you know i think more than anything is just the exclusive um club of daytona 500 winners that there is
2: last year limited audience uh, not only for the daytona 500 but for a lot of different sporting events full crowd expected this weekend you know, feeding off that energy, being at the Daytona 500, which is one of my bucket lists, camping inside, getting after it, and being there for the whole week and experiencing the whole week, what's it going to be like for you to have those fans back in that stadium and and just have that place just jumping with all kinds of excitement? The fans are still an important part of what you guys do every single day, especially you guys. I mean, you guys are greeting fans every single day, all day long.
3: Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it's been, you know, even – even just Monday and Tuesday here, just been fun to have fans and interacting and signing autographs and kind of feeling like we're back to somewhat of a normal. And that's, that's been cool. Um, you know, there's, it's been a couple of years since we've had that inter- interaction and that engagement. And, um, you know, it's amazing. We got a sold out crowd here for Sunday and camping sold out and the infield sold out. It's going to be a big event and looking forward to, having it have that feel again of just you know the significance and the magnitude of, of you know the Daytona 500
1: Michael McDowell you know now you're known obviously for being a Daytona 500 champion but before that you were kind of known as the guy who got in that crazy crash at Texas Motor Speedway in 2008 and I've been in a, a car accident nothing cra- nothing like what I saw you go through but I know how you lose your stomach and the sheer Force of being hit by another vehicle or crashing your vehicle into an obstacle, and, I, and I've kind of been through there. What was it like? What was going through your head? I mean, your accident lasted several seconds, and you, your car spun what fifteen, twenty times. What's going through a guy's head when all that is happening?
3: Uh, don't die,
1: <laughs> God, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, Jeez. you know,
3: just it's just a wild, you know, it's wild crash. It's one of those things that you know even to me it's still spectacular to watch it you know 14 years later it's just um one of those crashes that um well you always see replays of it's always going to make the highlight reel um and yeah there's just you know there's just so much safety in our sport and how safe our cars are and 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 they've gotten better and better and better and so you know it's yeah it's a testament to a lot of hard work and you know a lot of you know smart people working through how to make our cars safe and make them safer. And, um, yeah, it's it's not what you wanted to get known for, but it happened. And, um, you know, everything's a part of the, your story and the trials and the journey. And uh, I'm thankful that that's not the only highlight reel now uh, for my career. <laughs> um, it's nice, nice to add the Daytona 500 to it. And, um, you know, hopefully this year we'll be able to add more wins and, and run up front and challenge for wins more consistently with this next-gen car. We're talking
2: to Michael McDowell, defending champion of the Daytona 500. Daytona 500 this year is on Sunday afternoon on Fox TV. You can check that out. Michael McDowell, this is the most honest question I could ever possibly ask. We spend most of our time chasing down Boise State football players, and it takes <laughs> it takes 24, 48 hours, sometimes a week notice. Dude, I made a call yesterday to your publicist. I have watched racing enough to know that you guys are going to be interviewed on Sunday, 10 minutes before you drive, and like you said, you could go off and die, but you're still doing interviews. What is it about NASCAR? What is it about NASCAR drivers that makes it so media-friendly, so accessible, so much appreciative of what you guys do and how you connect to the fans? Why is it different for you guys?
3: Um, that's a great question that I haven't thought a lot about, you know, compared to other sports. I think that, you know, our fans have more access um, to the drivers and to the teams, for sure. Um, it's more of an interactive sport. But also, if you think about, like, you know, other than the other stick and ball sports, you know, you have that team element and you have, I don't even know how many players are on an NFL team. What is it, 60, something like that? Yep. So you got one team – and a bunch of stars, right? And where in our sport, it's the drivers are the stars. And so I feel like each individual team and each individual driver has fans and has sponsors and has branding that's different than the guy next to them. Um and so I think that interaction comes with more of that that individualized fan fan base, you know, they're rooting for you, they're not rooting for you know, 60 of the guys out there, right? And so it's a little bit different. And, um, and then too, I think it's just how our sport's always been. You know, you, you just take that short track, you know, grassroots mentality of lo- running at your local short track. Everybody's hanging out after the race and talking and, yeah. and bench racing and signing autographs. I mean, that's what our sport was built on. And so, um, I think it's just the precedence was set really early on as far as being, you know, fan accessible and engaging. Um, And I think just the layout of our weekends and the layout of our format allows for it, probably more so than, you know, uh, stick of ball sports. So I think it's just different in general.
2: Michael McDowell, you've been racing since you were a little kid. You've been all over this world racing different kinds of series, different kinds of cars, everything from go-karts to these NASCAR rocket ships. There's a couple of NASCAR sanctioned tracks in Idaho, a couple of oval tracks. Have you uh, ever raced in Idaho?
3: Idaho. I don't think I've ever been in Idaho. Um, so it's going to be uh, one of those states that I haven't been to yet. But, um, huh. yeah, there's only three or four that i got to mark off the list. So it's coming soon.
2: But I bet you've never done sports talk radio in Idaho before. This has got to be a first, and this has got to be a career highlight for you.
3: It is a career highlight. You know, and I've done a lot of media today, too. So it's, uh, <laughs> you got to set the bar high.
2: What, what's the worst question you've been asked today? And please don't tell me it was one of mine
3: uh you know i didn't have any bad questions today i mean that's one thing that's fun with being the daytona 500 champion is like that's what people want to talk about so it's always pretty easy um today was pretty easy and um yeah where in years past you get questions like you know when you're gonna win and uh, <laughs> <laughs> all those other questions that come with it
2: <laughs> the, the last question i wanted to ask you before we let you get back to uh to your day but when you go to bed on Saturday night, do you sleep well? Because you've got to get up on Sunday morning and go to work. And it's a lot different than us going to work and talking on the radio. You've you got a lot of consequences. How well do you sleep before a big race?
3: Yeah, so, you know, the nerves and pressure are there for sure. But when it comes to sleeping, it doesn't matter. The world can be crashing down around me. and I'm still going to get eight hours of sleep with no problem. So, oh, wow. wow. Um, but at the same time, when I, when I wake up, and when I'm going to bed, I mean, I feel that pressure. You know, it's it's a big race and it's a big deal to us, and there's a lot on the line, and um, it's super important. But when it comes to sleeping, I got that down.
1: I love this guy. I'm rooting for you. I'm, uh, I know, fifty to one. You don't get those odds a lot on a defending champion for this race. I'm all over it, Michael McDowell, the 2021 Daytona 500 champion. With the Great American Race coming on Sunday. Hey, man, thanks for this time. Thanks for coming to Boise, Idaho. Michael McDowell we will be rooting for you. All
3: right, I appreciate it. Thanks, guys.
1: Hope you NASCAR geeks out there love that one. Not every day, Mike Prater, you interview the defending Daytona 500 champion. Well done on that interview, and I, I was kidding before. I said it took you two months to book <laughs> it. More like two minutes.
2: Yeah, that's NASCAR. NASCAR does that. Uh, that's a that's a credit to those guys, and uh I'm not sure when the next NASCAR story is going to hit Idaho Sports Talk. Hmm.
1: We'll see. I mean, we're the the. Cloverdale Plumbing text line. We've received several texts. Like, oh, thank you for talking NASCAR, guys. We love it. So, yeah,
2: maybe, uh, maybe when he wins it on Sunday, we'll uh, we'll chase him down on Monday. Okay,
1: for that, uh, yeah, um, two hundred and fifty bucks. I'll be richer on that. Prater, I love it. Hey, Friday morning nine a.m. Go to KGIK.com. We got another sweet deal this time from La Peep in Meridian. You give us twenty five bucks, we give you fifty bucks at La Peep in Meridian. Uh, soapbox. The Rams are saying, run it back, run it back. It might be harder than they assume. I'm going to soapbox that. Prater's all over it, too. Uh, He'll be soapboxing as well. Idaho Sports Talk next.
0: If you've got three minutes, we've got some self-important things to say. It's the 90-second soapbox with Mike Prater and Johnny Mallory on Sports Radio, The Tickle.
1: Run it back. Run it back. That's what you heard Aaron Donald and the rest of the Rams say today that They parade. Well, not so easy. The Rams right now are $17 million over the salary cap. Now, they'll get under. Andrew Whitworth will help change that when they officially have him retire. But only the Cowboys, Packers, and Saints are in a worse financial situation than the defending Super Bowl champion Rams right now. So, yes, they have work to 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 be done. Can it be done? Yes, yeah, sure through the draft, right? Well, uh, not so fast, my friend. Uh, The Rams don't have their first, second, third, fourth, and uh, sixth pick in the draft. The only picks the Rams have in the draft are their fifth and their seventh. Now, however, they are expected to receive several compensatory picks for losing players, coaches, and front office people over the last couple years, so... The first pick the Rams have in the draft this year will be a third-round compensatory pick. The compensatory picks always come after the round. Not like there's a ton of studs still on the board, but they'll do what they can do. Now they might run it back. Sure, you're going to keep a lot of players filled with stars, but don't think Von Miller's going to be back next season. Don't think you know Leonard Floyd is going to be back next season you know don't think Robert Woods is gonna be I mean I can go on and on look at their roster I don't know if they can keep their punter and they like him Johnny Hecker look at their roster go over the cap.com it's not gonna be as easy to run it back this was all the marbles for this year and good for them it worked and they hit it but to keep this thing going yeah I like the Bengals getting back before I like the Rams
2: get off me! all this talk about Tom Brady coming out of retirement is ridiculous Or is it? Tom Brady's teasing us, and it's driving me a little bit crazy. I'd like to see Tom Brady come back and play another football season, but I also don't like flaky, flippy, floppy people because I'm one of them, and I know it. Tom Brady, at one point, I think he said, I'm not going to pull any kind of a Brett Favre. Once I retire, I'm going to retire. But he's had plenty of opportunities to squash those rumors, and he hasn't. In his last podcast the other night with Jim Gray, he said, I'm still taking it day by day. A couple of weeks ago he said, "I'm never gonna say never and these rumors about him going back to Tampa or maybe going back to the or going to the San Francisco 49ers or going somewhere so he can prove that he can win another Super Bowl with a third team they're still kind of floating out there guys. Why wouldn't Tom Brady just flat out come out and say no, I'm done. I got a wife, I got three children I got the Brady brand clothing line I got a production company I got TB12 sports. Why on earth would I want to come back at 44 45 years old and play another year of football? I think he's teasing us and maybe he's starting to think oh, I'm not quite ready. Can you imagine the uproar of Tom Brady in a couple weeks here who says I'm coming back whether it is with Tampa whether it is with San Francisco or not Tom Brady, make up your mind uh, if you want to come back that'd be fun. I appreciate it JP doesn't want you to come back a lot of other people don't want you to come back but you're entertaining football. I just need you to stop being a little wishy-washy. I expect more out of you. You're the GOAT. And either retire or just flat out say, I'm thinking about it.
0: Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket.
4: We expect more from a Michigan varsity letterman, don't we, Johnny? Don't tease
2: us. That's funny, man. Harbaugh signed uh, today for five more years, by the way. Oh, he did? He's going to haunt you for the next five years, JP. They signed into a five-year... I
4: mean, Smart deal like, for
1: Michigan.
4: He's like 1-7 against Ohio State. Yeah, dude can coach, man. Just because he's a 1-1. Dude can coach. Well, the Idaho Steelheads, they are playing a game tonight. It's a one-off game in Wichita, and Colin Shuck is standing by. I can hear him in queue, breathing heavy, just getting ready to get going. We'll f- do that following Idaho Sports Talk at 6 o'clock tonight. Then the Steelheads off to Kansas City for two games on Friday and Monday with a couple of off days and barbecue in between. Steelheads in third place in the Western Conference in tonight's game on 95.3 FM and 1350 AM starting at 6. Boise State, big game on the road in basketball as they take on Air Force, looking to uh, put that Colorado State loss behind them. They stay and stay in a tie in the first place in the Mountain West standings. That's all because last night, Wyoming lost to New Mexico on the road 75-66. San Diego State beat Utah State last night, Nevada edged San Jose State. There's just one other game tonight, UNLV playing Fresno State. And uh, also last night we should mention the Boise State women lost to Air Force default of 4 and 10 in the comments. A very um, lackluster, should we say season for Gordy Presnell right at the moment. And uh, we have women's gold medal hockey tonight, Johnny Ball game. It's going to kind of conflict with the Boise State game. Are you going to tune in
1: you know, back and forth between the women's hockey game and the Boise State game? You know, I know this disappoints Prater, but <laughs> I, I can't get into Olympic golf. I'm sorry. Golf? What did I just say? He said Olympic golf. I can't get into that either, but I can't get into Olympic hockey. It just doesn't do it for me. I'm struggling to stay in NHL hockey. And those are the best players on the planet. You're a hockey PA announcer. I am, and and I get a lot of hockey. Yes. I'm watching Boise State basketball tonight, guys, and if you guys aren't, if I hear about it, you guys are watching Olympic hockey over the Boise State basketball game, I'm going to be very, very disappointed here. I'm going to tell
2: you the truth here. I'm going to disappoint you right now. This is one of the biggest sporting nights of my year tonight. I got the Jazz playing the Lakers. I got the Golden Knights playing the Colorado Avalanche, wow. the best team in the National Hockey League, and probably the biggest game of the year in the National Hockey League. Dang! I got Olympic gold medal hockey, and I got Bob Buehler on the radio. Yeah. I'll be listening to Bob Buehler on the radio. Yeah, I'll have three TVs going. Awesome, man! I will not be watching Boise State, but I'll be listening to the Golden Voice of Bob. It's a
1: good excuse too. Okay, I Pre- can respect that. Tonight, no.
2: t- I am so excited about tonight's Sports Night. I'm going to try to tape all of them, and I may watch them back to back to back to back. There's a chance. I could be up until 3 a.m. watching four different sporting events. So you're
1: saying there's a chance. Oh, so you won't be returning my texts? I'd never (laughs) return your
2: texts. I'm sorry. I'm I'm bad at that. Prater,
4: aren't your Utah Jazz on like a six-game win streak or something? They're playing well. They well. They finally got through all their injuries, and they're playing very, very well. Big sports night, not only on KTIK. And uh, KBOY, but in the Prater household as well.
1: Guys, be sure to download the KTIK app, and then you get the power of KTIK right on your phone. You can stream this program, Prater in the Ballgame, or any of your other favorite KTIK shows. Keep up with social media accounts. You can do all that stuff. You can even send Mike Prater and JP and me a message there through the app. So get the app for your phone. If you don't know how to get it, text JP or myself. will teach you how to get the app. We all want to get you on that, your Apple or Android device. Feedback finale. What'd you think of the defending Daytona 500 champion? What do you think of the Boise State football schedule? What are your expectations of Hank Bachmeier? Stuff we talked about today. This is now when we read your feedback on it. We're doing it next on Prater and the Ballgame.
0: The Good the not-so-good. Long-form, short-form. Tell us who you are or be anonymous. We'll take it all. It's time for the feedback finale on Idaho Sports Time on Sports Radio, The Ticket.
4: Let's go to the Cloverdale Plumbing text line and hear from Mark in Boise. This must be for you, Johnny. So Russell Wilson's going to Tampa Bay?
1: What's that all about? Is there a rumor? What's, what's going no, on there? It's just, no. Somebody being a smart aleck? Yes. All right. Russell's not. Russell's not going anywhere. At least, I mean, yeah. Yeah, sure he is. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. Is he going to be with the Seahawks? I would imagine year? so. But if not, then I would imagine a lot in return for Hawk fans. But until this Prater, uh, he's
2: staying in Seattle. Thank you. <laughs> we want him in Seattle.
4: Justin says Prater is totally right. I guess Dickey had to x out Michigan State for money reasons. Still, losing Michigan State makes this schedule meh versus great agreed and uh, I that uh, that game was canceled in July July 2nd I believe it was so you guys were kind of wondering uh, it had nothing to do with last season okay and the Michigan State game was basically canceled and and xed out July 2nd during the summer and that's when they made that change so they made that change before last yes. season even
1: started yep. okay yeah, yeah.
4: Jesse says, I'm not a huge fan of the Boise State football schedule. The lack of a big name really hurts. It's a lackluster first home game with a lot of them being cold weather type games. It will affect attendance, especially after the up and down season last year. Oh well, I think that people will be plenty geeked out for that first game, especially since uh, the first two games are on the road even though it is an FCS
2: opponent. Yeah, there will, there will, be, <sighs> no, there will be no geeking out over UT Martin. JP, JP I can't
1: give you that either, you man. can't give I, me that? You, no, no. That people are going to be really pumped for the UT Martin game just because it's the home opener? I mean, no. if they're 2-0, and o, um, mm, well, Prater maybe?
2: That helps. Absolutely that helps. And there's a very good chance they could be 2-0. and o. Okay, Absolutely. JP. So we can give that to JP then? Yeah. I mean, you know, let's look at 2017. The last time Boise State, they opened up against Troy. Mm-hmm. 5,000 empty seats. Okay. One of the worst attended games. Of that's the Troy. And that's the season opener.
4: I do and remember, old. and I, this is no excuse, but I do remember it was like 9,000 degrees that day. I remember. And yeah, yeah, front. yeah. Okay. Uh, Spud Reb says I intensely dislike the removal of the Michigan States, Florida States, et cetera, from the schedule in favor of FCS Hudats. But if we're going to do it, bring on some big sky teams we know whose fans will help fill up the stadium. Occasional Big Sky team would not be a bad idea. Prater, you like a, you like a little uh, Montana, a little Idaho, maybe a little Idaho State over the next ten years with that opening from BYU. If I
2: don't, if I'm not mistaken, I would be definitely okay with any of those three opponents yep. every now and then.
1: If you're going to do FCS, I don't know why you just wouldn't do Big Sky and just make that a thing. I don't know why you'd go anywhere else in the FCS landscape, Prater. Then right here in the big sky, I, I mean, give Dan throw Dan Hawkins a bone one year. Let Davis come up here. Montana, Mon- Montana State will obviously bring some fans. Idaho State, Idaho, obviously the big one. I don't know why they'd even go outside of that league. UT Martin, like. Anyway, anyway.
2: agreed, agreed, agreed. Thank you.
4: Davis did come here when uh, Coach Pete was here, and that was uh, almost a loss, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Pete almost got it with Davis. Yeah.
4: Well, yeah. I wouldn't be worried about
1: that with Hawk, but good for Hawk did go into Tulsa and beat them last year, right? That was an FBS win, so good for the Hawk.
4: Uh, Let's see here. Brent at Meridian Speedway says, amazing interview. With uh, Michael, um, what's Michael's last name? Oh, JP. I'm sorry, I don't have it in front of me. Michael McDowell. Michael McDowell. Going to be a huge event. I urge the listeners that aren't racing fans to watch Daytona and come out and support your local track at Meridian Speedway this summer. Thanks, Prater, and the ballgame.
2: I'll take you out there this summer, ballgame. We'll have fun. Let's do it. Yeah, good time.
4: Um. Let's see. Darren and Cuna, whose birthday is today? Happy birthday, Darren. I read the schedule. I think it should be a 9 or 10 win season. I do wish the big name, big schools were there, though, as uh, we all do. Jim in Boise says, I'd rather much see BSU play Michigan State than UT Martin.
1: <laughs> well, that's...
2: that's I like, mean, come on, That goes Jim. without saying. Give us a little bit more than that. Come on.
1: It's like, would you would If you could guarantee it's gonna be a loss versus a guaranteed win, maybe there were some people would be out there saying, "Look, we need to get back to winning ten plus games, and if that's gonna take an easier schedule, then okay, that's what it's gonna take, but God, the Michigan State game would be so much fun." It would, man. Big Ten, Sparty. Yeah, it'd be so much fun. Prater Mel Tucker, like, that's big-time college football. That would be a Boise blast. State wants to associate itself with big-time college football. Yes. And on this schedule this year, yeah, Oregon State, BYU, as close as you're going to get to big-time college football.
4: And and what's the latest on Florida State? They are not coming, or they're working on that? I can't remember what the deal is. I
2: believe about. the last time we had Jeremiah Dickey on, he suggested, quote-unquote, it ain't happening yeah. yeah i wish i had pipe dream yeah i don't remember exactly what he used I but, but if it i just, got that wrong yeah. sorry jeremiah but he, he told he basically led us to believe that it ain't happening vandal Al weighs in today congrats
4: on the interview with your daytona winner i love to see the show acknowledging that motorsports exist and that there is something other than football basketball and baseball i know this is just lip service as this weekend is the daytona 500 but i can hope your minds are open I know this isn't the first dip into motorsports, as I remember Memorial Day. You'd call up Davey Hamilton, talk about the Indy 500, Danica Patrick. Either way, kudos. Now, if we could just get all of you to realize that motocross, supercross, MXGP, and
1: off-road exists as well.
2: Okay. They do They do exist, but is that really what people want to hear on Sports Talk Radio? I don't think so. They, they want yeah, to
1: hear me and Prater talking about moto and super. Like, they don't, man. And if it it was a great story, we would.
2: No, we wouldn't. MXGP, (laughs) John. No. No. Not happening. Not happening. There's all kinds of great stories, but not happening. Good luck with that. All
1: right. uh, A Wednesday edition. Appreciate everybody for hanging out. Don't forget uh, 95.3 FM, 1350 AM, KTIK app, KTIK.com, iHeartRadio, Amazon Alexa so many ways to access this program. We have the Steelheads coming up next from Wichita. Colin Shuck's going to be on the call for you in Boise State basketball tonight. Tomorrow, Prater, we'll talk about Boise State Air Force, among other things, I guess. Until then, hey man, we will see you tomorrow. Prater, the ball game, of Sports Talk. KTIK, The Ticket.
0: Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM, The Ticket.